0: Or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to OrbitalJigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's OrbitalJigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show.
1: This is Brody King and you're listening to Busted Wide Open podcast.
0: two three you're listening to the busted wide open podcast dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts nick howell and sir ian dangerous coming to you from the orbital jigsaw network arena in sunny southern california
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. We are back for episode number 97. My name is. Hello, hello. My name is Sir Ian Dangerous, and joining me again today, the lovely and effervescent. Judith Brook. Hello JB. welcome back to the show.
0: Hey,
2: thank you so much for that great intro. I'm so happy to be back here with the B dubbers as I like yes, to call the
1: them. so oh, man. I like
2: it. I like it. I think it could catch on
1: It could catch on. <laughs> could catch on. Uh, for those of you who do not know Judith Brooke, uh, I'd like to uh, yes welcome her for the first time and uh, why don't you tell them a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, so I'm Judith Brooke. You can call me JB and uh, I'm here in Los Angeles. I am a trained sports entertainer, stunt woman. And actress here doing the thing in L.A. And uh, I love me some wrestling.
1: Got any uh, projects people can see you in or any shows that we can see you in besides just right here on the BWO?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can check me out on the Females Unfiltered show. And uh, I also just released a little short film that I wrote, directed produced and acted in called eradication. And you can find that on Vimeo.
1: Nice. That's nice. where yeah. can they find females unfiltered?
2: You can find females unfiltered on females dot or you can search it on YouTube or Facebook. We have, um, we go live on Facebook watch every Thursday.
1: Very awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, speaking of housekeeping, we going to do some housekeeping for the BWO show here as well. We do have a Facebook discussion group if you want to get involved with the show and uh, talk to everyone who is also listening to the show about wrestling and sports entertainment in general. You can go find us on Facebook and join up with that group and talk it's to the everybody. Place to be it is lots of fun discussions there. Plus, we do some uh, like when shows are on, we do some some live conversations about yeah. them. Uh, well, you can also find us on Twitter at. BWO podcast. Uh, if you want to be more involved with the show and help out the show, you can go check us out on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash BWO. We have lots of different tiers there where you can get involved in the show for the price of a cup of coffee a month. Yeah. You can help support the show, get show notes, get a bonus episode, uh, get swag, all Rock kinds of stuff.
2: sweet swag.
1: Yes. So please check that out. And of course, of course, go to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash busted wide ...open for our YouTube channel. We have our episodes up on there. And that is the place to go. Uh, If you're new to the show, you might not know this. If those of you who have been with us for a while, you are aware. The show is going through a bit of a a transitional phase. Mr. Nick Howell is uh, moving the Orbital (laughs) Jigsaw Network Arena to Parts Unknown. Uh, well, yeah, North
2: Carolina? Yeah, I guess probably. they are kind of known. I huh? didn't know things happened over there.
1: There are a lot of stuff happens there. How dare you? <laughs> uh, yes, no, we're, we are moving the the base of the show. So in the meantime, we're kind of catching as catch can. We usually do a live cast on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, every Thursday at 5 p.m. P- Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. That, unfortunately, obviously is on hiatus for a little bit as we get uh, reorganized. And Judith Burke will be stepping in for Nick for a week or two, depending on how long it takes for him to get organized. Yeah. Happy to be uh, here. Yes. So, uh, keep your eyes on YouTube once we are back up and running. And in the meantime, we will have our podcasts up on there as well. So go ahead and subscribe, hit the notification button so you can see when new stuff goes up there. Uh, Well, Judith Brooke, let's start talking about wrestling here. We had a, I thought, a very solid week of WWE programming. Agreed. They, they're hit or miss, but this week was a solid across the board, I thought, because things happened.
2: Yes, they did. A lot went down, there was plot. This week.
1: There was Absolutely. plot There was plot Beyond just building towards a show There was things that happened uh, There was a, a, an amazing New Japan show We had King of Pro Wrestling this week Where also lots of things happened mm-hmm. We have lots of things to discuss We've got uh, NXT, the May Young Classic okay. So lots to talk about this week And we're only a few weeks away from Evolution, Evolution. Crown Jewel. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot to discuss
2: Yeah, there's so much going on And let's start with the big news
1: So right off the top with the big news, we have to talk about some current events, and this is might be a little bit of uncomfortable stuff to talk about because it's it's kind of ugly. But uh, yeah, this is
2: not this is not kayfabe. This is real life.
1: This is real life. So as we all know, WWE has a show coming up in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they're calling it Crown Jewel, mm-hmm. and it's part of their what is reported to be about a forty-five million dollar a year, ten-year contract. With the government, the royal family specifically, of Saudi Arabia.
2: Which is already controversial.
1: Which is already controversial and has been for many reasons. They had the show earlier this year that was controversial because they didn't allow women to perform or even in the country. And the only women you could see in the audience really were like the nannies of all the princes Mm. taking care of their kids. So Mm, Don't get me started. uh, I'm going to get you started because that's one of the reasons why you're here is to give your opinion. (laughs) Uh, So already it was a controversial matter Things have escalated now because uh, if you're watching current events uh, within the last few days, there was a a rather prominent uh, journalist Mm -hmm. who was uh, he entered a Saudi Arabian embassy in Turkey and did not come back out again. And from all the reports that we're hearing, it sounds like he may have been killed or disappeared, if you will. And the issue with that is he was very prominently uh, critical of the Saudi Arabian government and the royal family in mm-hmm. particular, uh, also the only way that this would have been carried out according to reports is with the express knowledge and consent of the very royal family that wwe is now in contracts with, and they're that they're you know using their propaganda machine essentially to promote as being a progressive or attempting to be a progressive government so yeah that's a lot to unravel but uh sure.
2: Some tricky waters here at
1: the WWE. They are, and it's it's not just because of the same old reasons with you know working for an, an oppressive regime. It's now an oppressive oppressive regime, regime that because of the, the nature of the relationship between the U.S. and Turkey, the government may be forced to impose sanctions on Saudi Arabia, and that's not nothing to do with one person or decision or anything. That's the law, right? So the issue with that then becomes: Can WWE still put on Crown Jewel if this continues to escalate?
2: Yeah. And do they choose, like, are they going to make an active choice here or are they just caught in the circumstances and they're going to go with the flow? Do we expect them to make a choice that reflects, um, you know, the terrible political things that are happening right now?
1: I mean, to be honest, no. (laughs) <laughs> WWE is not going to cancel the show unless they are forced to, and that's just the nature of business and the nature of WWE. They've taken this money; they're under contract. So, and it's a significant contract, and I imagine there would be a significant penalty if they did cancel for any—I mean, for any reason. But I would imagine, especially a reason other than uh, being forced uh, by politics or by finances by, by the American system. To, to Do you to think cancel. they
2: should, though, whether they?
1: You think I don't really think they should have booked the show in the first place. If you I want agree. my if you want my opinion, WWE shouldn't have gotten involved in Saudi, with Saudi Arabia in the first place, but business okay. is business, especially
2: and- touting the women's revolution in wrestling and then making a deal with a country you won't even allow women in. Correct. To and do this
1: and and then of course playing both sides against the middle by having Evolution right before to try and assuage those criticisms right. which seems like a very blatant move. Yeah. That seems to be the general consensus and criticism of WWE across the journalistic spectrum right now about all of this. So it's
2: a little two-faced.
1: It's a little two-faced. The the big news that we're discussing here, though, all opinions aside, is that WWE may be in some hot water uh, with this show now, depending on how this story develops. Again, Turkey has confirmed that this guy has been killed horrifically in the embassy. Yes, but until we get some corroborations of of that. Uh, beyond that, obviously the Saudi the Saudi government has vehemently denying it, vehemently denying it. So unless we get you know unless we hear any anything else or unless the, our government here in America is forced to take some sort of action, uh, as of right now all plans are go, and this is just a, a kind of a tricky international entanglement. So
2: we'll see how it plays out over the next.
1: Few days, we a will a so. few days, a few weeks. Obviously, not too long, only about three weeks until uh, Crown Jewels. So,
2: yeah, as more information comes out,
1: yeah, so very, very tricky situation. And uh, we will keep everyone apprised on that as we know more. Uh, in other news, a little bit happier news Rey Mysterio has officially been announced to come back to WWE. Obviously, the you, one and only they wanted, the one and only the legend. Uh, if he now if you watch the shows this week, you do know that they did announce that he was coming mm-hmm. back for Smackdown 1000 uh, for special reasons which we'll get into as we discuss yes. Smackdown this week. But I thought I had this on my notes since it was announced after the show last week after our show last week wasn't able to get it in on that show so I put in my big news and it's still big news because it's Ray freaking Mysterio
2: freaking Mysterio and do you think this is going to be long term or is it just going to be like a sort of legends run for this event
1: Uh, that's a good question I mean it's uh, it's a matter of what he feels like he's capable of doing obviously he's coming back right away with a pretty big match and if that match goes as I think it will then he's going to end up doing some big stuff right off the bat uh i think we'll talk more about this when we get to smackdown but i do think ray is coming back for some actual wrestling i th- you know he's finally healthy again yeah uh so it'd be
2: disappointing if he weren't wrestling yeah. and
1: his contract <laughs> is for two years so who knows i hope it's i hope it's um you know i hope it's a fruitful run for him yeah and that it's actually uh, gonna go somewhere and have some have some big things for him
2: if we've so. dragged Shawn michaels back out Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's Saudi money dragged Shawn Michaels back out. Let's that's be true. Let's be clear. But that's that's something we'll discuss when we get to the main show as well. Uh, one more piece of big news. If you watch the show this week, the uh, Raw specifically, you may know this, but Ke- uh, Kevin Owens is out. He is injured legit. They, they made a storyline out of it on Monday Night Raw. But apparently that storyline was to cover for the fact that he genuinely does need surgery mm. on his knees. Apparently, they have been a problem for a while. Uh, right now they're not giving any kind of timetable for his return, uh, because they're not going to know until after his surgery.
2: That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, I've got heat with KO, but, uh, Oh really? (laughs) But it is always sad to hear someone
1: having to be out for an, what's your, what's your beef with KO?
2: He's K.O., man. He just gets under my skin.
1: Oh, he's just so he's just too good of a heel He's to
2: too good of a heel, yeah. <laughs> like, I see it. I know he's good, but I still can't help but get annoyed, you
1: know? Uh, okay, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so right now, projection between four and eight months, depending on surgery results. So hopefully it's on the, uh, the shorter end. They were projecting it was going to be minor, mm-hmm. but then again, they also projected Jason Jordan's neck injury right. was minor. So you never... No So hopefully he comes back soon Obviously there's aspects of this We'll discuss In the Monday Night Raw segment uh, Because The way he went out Was particularly Yeah uh, Surprising I would say
2: Absolutely And you know Of course we'll discuss this later But right before Let's go over And talk about Monday Night Raw
1: Do everything, turn, turn, turn. They're, I'm not going to sing the rest of that song. This Monday Night Raw was all about <gasps> turns.
2: Oh, is that what was happening There just was now?
1: turns all over, yes. <laughs> I was, I was, that's the song that was in my head the entire show of Monday Night Raw. We had, we had heel turns, we had face turns, we had possible turns, potential turns. It was all over the place.
2: And uh, That musical turn just, uh, all right, all right. Well, let's get into the wrestling here.
1: Don't judge me, monkey.
2: <laughs> so we had the Shield versus the Dogs of War again. We
1: like to call again. Well, it's just for simplicity's sake. I can't just call them. I mean, Strowman
2: and Company. Strowman
1: and Co- oh god, Michael Cole. Stop it.
2: Although I have to say, by the end of this match, they said McIntyre and Company. Did you pick up on that?
1: I did not. They sure did. Uh, I wonder if that's. I wonder if that means something. Mm. Um, I will say this. This was uh, th- now this was kind of the second half of the show. They really dealt with these guys for the most part. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the biggest uh thing going on on the card. This is the the top build. Th- you know, all these are the top build guys. big is All the belts are on these guys yeah. and everything. So this is the this is the important
2: and literally feud. the biggest guys
1: and some of the biggest guys too. That's true. But here's what's here's the thing. Right now we're going through a period where where Raw is getting the lowest ratings in the modern era, mm. and it's funny because I also think they're doing some really good stuff at the top of the card. This was interesting. We're having this uh, this angle where Dean for the last couple of weeks over on the shield. Dean Ambrose has been teasing that he might not be happy with the shield and for most Mm -hmm. of this episode everything looked like it was fine. They were giving promos like they were all good over on the shield. They figured their stuff out. You know Dean after after the super showdown looked like everything was cleared up. Roman sacrificed himself for Dean and Dean got the pin on Ziggler and everything was good.
2: The brotherhood cannot be broken.
1: Well uh, that's what it seemed like. And then over on the other side, with the Dogs of War, it looked like everyone was getting mad at each other, right? Ziggler was taking some heat from both Strowman and McIntyre for being the weak link, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. And then you also had uh, Braun yelling at McIntyre, McIntyre yelling. They all seemed like they were in a a kerfuffle.
2: (laughs) Yes, some drama happening on each team here.
1: Absolutely. And then so in the main event, we once again had a three-on-three match, the the shield versus Mm -hmm. the dogs of war only this time at the end, uh, after a whole, uh, another fantastic match. Yeah. It really really was. I mean, the, the, say what you will about Roman reigns when he's with the shield that, that trio can work such incredible matches. You look at their stuff with evolution with, uh, with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, Mm -hmm. They're, they put on good matches top to bottom. And once again, here was another fantastic match. Tons of false finishes. Just crazy stuff happening at the end. Very dynamic. Very. But once again, you have a situation where Dolph is trying too hard. Screws up. Everyone gets mad at him. At one point, uh, Strowman gets in his face. McIntyre gets in Strowman's face. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, was a nice moment. Looked oh, like. yeah. I'm wondering what the dynamics going to end up being there. Definitely. But at the end... Dean eats the pin takes a claymore out of nowhere from McIntyre and eats the pin. So two things here. Dean walks away, disgruntled, mad at the shield. And that was how they, that was how the show ended is, is Dean. Okay. No, we thought he was okay. No, he's not. Mm -hmm. But also once again, McIntyre looking like the guy who's, he's holding everyone together over in the dogs of war. So it was
2: here when they called him McIntyre and
1: right so it seems like to me, this is, this is entertaining. This is interesting. This is, mm-hmm. this is subtle dynamics that they're not overstating. And I have no idea where they're going with it. If they're going to, if they're swerving us on Dean Ambrose, if they're trying to tease something over with McIntyre and Stroman and Ziegler, I, I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't either. It's obviously something is happening with Ambrose. It's like, He's saying everything is fine, but then his actions are showing otherwise. He's uh, always seeming to leave Roman and Rollins alone and walking off. Yeah. And then obviously we had uh, McIntyre sticking up for Ziggler to Strowman.
1: Right for a little bit, he still he's he came down on him a little bit, but yeah. he was definitely like big brothering him in the middle of the match. Strowman went and put a you know put his hands on Ziggler at one point, and McIntyre stepped in the middle of it. So
0: yeah,
2: but then they all came together in the end to defeat the Shield.
1: Well, kind of McIntyre pretty much saved the day.
2: Well, he did, yeah, but he didn't walk away like Dean did.
1: No, that's well, he that's again they didn't split up because yeah. they won. So the now the dynamics are you know is is McIntyre heading towards possibly some sort of face turn maybe or are they going to split the dogs of war somehow are Uh, ambrose
2: and mcintyre gonna team up and say hey i'm i'm unhappy with my faction Let's start a new
1: one that might be a long shot but that would that'd be interesting
2: (laughs) interesting tv
1: Um, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but it's certainly, uh, a lot of stuff happening in his main event scene and I don't know where they're going. And that's a good thing. I like being surprised every week and it's very entertaining to me. And the great thing is it's not the only thing that's entertaining this week. There's a lot of other stuff as well. Unfortunately, one of the things that I did not think was very entertaining was right before this match, Mr. Paul Heyman came out and gave another one of his speeches.
2: I was like, what is he even doing here?
1: He's hyping that triple threat match: Brock and Roman and uh, Strowman at the uh, Crown Jewel. He was. I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty much explicitly doing that. But the problem was, it was right before this main event, and the main event was. You know what was leading up to it was so interesting and engaging. I, I personally was more interested in what was happening. With the two factions, as opposed to a non-existent Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this feud between Roman and Strowman, which has become diluted by the two factions mm-hmm. and the, the, the Dean story and the Ziggler story, and the McIntyre story. That's almost so much more interesting than what's happening between or what's not happening, really, between Brock and Roman and Strowman, which Paul was trying to push before this match.
2: Yeah, I agree. I did not get hype. With what Paul was saying at no. all. I was just like, dude, what? No, go away. And then he, he was. <laughs> I know saying,
1: you hate Paul Heyman too. So
2: he was saying, you know, Brock's comfortable at home. And then he made a tease toward the end that sounded like Brock was going to come out. Yeah. But of course he didn't. Well, that was the other weird thing. Is is he here or is he not here? I
1: think Cole even interrupted him at one point and was like, Is Brock Lesnar here? And it was just so obtrusive. It came out of nowhere. And because. Make up
2: your mind, Paul. Well,
1: it seemed like Brock should have been there. It would have been more entertaining for sure. Uh, But that was, it just felt flat compared to everything else. Agreed. Um, Luckily, we had lots of other fun stuff like. Elias coming out giving another one of his Elias bits trying to get that sports mm-hmm. heat uh, the cheap cheap heat back again
2: is that his new thing now is he going to do this every show
1: I mean it worked so well in Seattle and uh, they were in Chicago and he was diss- dissing the white Sox, and it did it worked not as well as Seattle but it worked
2: yeah that's kind of I his new thing Seattle was sort of lightning in a bottle that was so good it was
1: it was so much heat yeah. It was beautiful.
2: He's obviously not going to get that same amount of heat every time.
1: I don't know. It might become a thing where <laughs> where crowds try to top. You know how like everyone tries to top themselves with a the burn oh. it down when Seth Rollins That's comes out? That's true. I think it might become a competitive thing. But he was interrupted by this next match, which was Ronda Rousey and the Bellas uh coming out for a rematch against the Riot Squad. Ah, yeah. which was it was a fine match once again. Ruby made to look strong. the The biggest takeaway from the actual match here was the fact that they are turning into the Live Morgan Brie Bella controversy. This started off yeah. with some really like hot moves between the two of them, uh, and they're pushing into this Live Morgan hates Brie Bella thing. And I'm down with that. I'm down with it too. As long as Brie can keep from botching again, like that could be a really fun little feud. I
2: mean, it makes sense.
1: (laughs) I'd be be mad too. Well, and that's the thing is I think the fact that they're turning into it means that, you know, no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? I I, I don't think Liv actually has any beef with Brie, really.
2: Right, you don't want that sort of danger in the ring. Well, no, and I don't think Bree wants to have life. that.
1: Bree doesn't want to have that danger in the ring either. And it was, yeah. you know, it was a miscommunication as well as Bree just not really I mean, ring rust, whatever you want to call it. You know, all right, if if the performers are willing to move on with it, and there's there's no sanctions being made here that we don't we don't have. The kind of backstage knowledge that is necessary to be able to tell how exactly it was received or right. what exactly it was so, but
2: it's smart of WWE like you said to turn into it
1: absolutely it's the reality era you take that stuff you make money off of it that's what you should be doing and they don't always do it so when they do do it is relieving to see and I like when I see it um, the big story here, though, once again, obviously, Ronda Rousey destroys everybody. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> Ronda Rousey kills all. She uh, put, uh, let's see, she put Ruby Riot in the armbar. Yes, she did. While the Bellas were holding down Liv Morgan and Sarah, uh, Liv, uh, yeah, Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan. Yes, and uh, ends up winning. And afterwards, we're having another celebration. It looked just like the end of the match at Super Showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bellas and Ronda turning to every corner and cheering and everything. That's great, but no, but no. But
2: then. The Bella Twins turn on Ronda and give her a beat
1: down. A beat down. Twin beat magic.
2: down. Twin
1: magic. The, you, know, you can't trust the Bellas. Nah. You can't trust the Bellas. Shady. Now, here, we, we knew that this was going to be a Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella match at Evolution. Right. We knew this was coming. It was been reported all over the place. They finally. I thought it was going to happen at Super Showdown, but no, they saved it. For Raw.
2: Yeah, everyone was waiting after Super Showdown for that moment when the Bella Twins were going to turn on Ronda, yeah. but they saved it. Yeah, they think they, 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 they
1: waited. Yeah. They waited for Raw. It makes sense. Uh They were probably worried that not enough people were going to see Super Showdown, Uh uh-huh. and they wanted more viewership on Raw to see it. So it does make sense that they waited. We still have a few weeks to go before evolution, so they got time to build this. It's it makes sense, and I'm frankly, as far as I'm concerned, I'm glad to see the Bellas back as being heels because it's so much easier for me to boo them <laughs> than it is for, the, for them to come out and me to be like,
2: oh yeah, the Bellas. Yeah, they just work better
1: as heels. They really do. They're they're eminently hateable. Ronda like you, looks so
2: sad in the ring. <laughs> Felt bad for her.
1: Yeah, she she tweeted out something like uh, "traitorous bitches" or something on, yeah. on Twitter afterwards. <laughs> was, she's it. like, I'm going to kill me some traitorous bitches. <laughs> That's uh, I love that's Rhonda. how Vicious she is. That's well. That's what she should be. Yeah. You know, uh, we were worried when she first started; like she was all smiley and everything. And now she's getting more of that. Like, hey, I know when to turn off the smile and turn on the ass whooping. So, and
2: as soon as that switch flips and her face just goes to that focused place, it's like, oh, someone's gonna die.
1: The scary face. Yes. She does, she does have a good kill face. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we had speaking of of turning. Kevin Owens, we were mentioning him earlier with his injury. Well, he had a match. He's finally had his solo match against Lashley, which has been kind of flaccidly built over the last few weeks. Right. Well, they finally had it with Leo Rush ringside mm-hmm. being the hype guy. And um, this match was fascinating because... And I I kind of saw this coming, but I, but it was more general. I think I mentioned... I, I, I think I said something to you that day.
2: Yeah, before you
1: watched it. Before I watched it, like, you know, really, with Leo Rush by his side, Lashley should be a heel. I was like, mm, Guess we'll what? Guess what? Lashley turned heel. Yes, he but did. But not only did he turn heel, Kevin Owens turned face. <laughs> Crazy. He, tur- he Okay, so... Just this is this was all done not by saying anything. This mm-hmm. was all done through action. I, I could I could argue that Leo Rush said some things on the sidelines. He did have an earpiece in, and apparently Vince was feeding him lines from backstage uh, to try and push what the, the what was going on. But Lashley, in the middle of this match, started getting vicious and started getting more and more physical with Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens, instead of doing his normal heel routine of running away and doing you know kind of chicken shit moves. He started doing power moves. He started doing audience-pleasing moves. Like, a, yeah. like a, he teased a tope and did his normal heel thing of walking through the ropes. But then he really did a tope a couple of uh, minutes later and the audience blew up for him. And he started pumping up the crowd, yeah. getting them on his side. And in the middle of the match, he did a stone-cold stunner. Yeah. Which I thought was a, a nice little nod to WrestleMania 13 and the big double turn between Bret and Stone Cold, which I think they were trying to, in, in a very minor, humble way, mm-hmm. reference here, because Kevin Owens did shift throughout this match, and by the end, Lashley ends up beating him and starts destroying his legs. Yeah, vicious. Again, selling this injury angle. Um, you know, he's going to put him out with an injury, and he actually came. He kept coming back to the ring to beat him down
2: well for me the lashley turn started with leo rush annoying the crowd <laughs> exactly. it was so obvious it was like okay lashley has to be turning heel right now because leo is so annoying mm-hmm. that it was getting the crowd to turn on lashley like they were just cheering for kevin owens to oppose lashley Rush. it was right. that annoying and then
1: kevin played into that No, it was it was a yeah. it was a brilliantly executed a classic example of a double turn absolutely and we all you almost never see these yeah. so when it's done not only is it is it exciting but uh when it's done well it's you know it's very captivating and i thought this was across the board good for everyone involved to have kevin owens go away as a face come back as a totally different character in a few months that people can get behind uh, he's got so many moves he never gets to bust out because he's always a heel. And they've had him recently as always a chicken shit heel. So he's got a huge arsenal he never gets to use. And I think it's, he should go on a good face run for a while. It could be a lot of fun. Um, even if Sami Zayn comes back as a heel and then they can get that feud going <laughs> again. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, this is also the best thing for Lashley. He has been such a bland face yes. since he showed up. I mean, have you been excited by him at any point since he's come back?
2: The only thing that had me excited was when he did that army obstacle course.
1: Oh God! During the Sami Zayn feud,
2: yes, that was like the best moment of Lashley for me.
1: I mean, it was kind of cool to see how athletic he is. I suppose. Yeah, All right, it. fair, uh, fair enough, fair enough. But that that should say that should say something right there that that's the most exciting yeah, thing that, that was he's the, done. That was the
2: biggest pop he's gotten.
1: That's like saying I'm taller than Danny DeVito. It's not doesn't <laughs> you know what I mean? It's. <laughs> That's not saying much. Um, So, but yeah, this is the best thing for Lashley as well. Now that you've got him and Leo Rush, it's a good combination. Um, And also it looks like because of some backstage interactions that happened during the show, it looks like he might be heading into a program with Finn Balor. Uh, He got into some conversations some words with Finn Balor and Bailey backstage at one Mm -hmm. point in the show. So a feud with Balor could be great. It could be exciting for both guys. I don't, Oof, it could be dangerous for both guys. I think both guys need a big win.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, do you think this will be good for Finn Balor? Do you think he could pull one over for Lashley?
1: I don't want to see another Finn Balor, Baron Corbin-style feud where Finn's got to pull out the demon to win.
2: Yeah, I don't but know either.
1: at the same time, if that becomes his shtick, I mean, he's got maybe one or two times more before it becomes a shtick.
2: Exactly. You know what I mean? It'll be too
1: predictable. Yeah. Well, I can't, I, I can't beat these big guys as a man. I have to beat them as the demon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whereas Lashley needs to be put into a feud where he, he looks like a main eventer because he could be, and he's a great heel. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know if him going over Finn is going to be the best thing for Finn, but it might be the best thing for Lashley. Um, so the next big thing we have to talk about in the show, we're having a battle royale, a World Cup, if you will. Yeah, a
2: global well,
1: battle glo- royale. So the global battle royale was this Monday night to determine an entrant into the world cup that's happening. It's a tournament that's happening at crown jewel, uh, on raw, it was announced that the first entrant into this world cup would be unopposed John Cena. He wouldn't even have to compete. He would just, it's, it's it's, John Cena. It's John Cena. He just gets to do it. And luckily John Cena is not around enough these days for people to really get some beef about that. But (laughs) if this was like three or four years ago, people would have been frothing at the mouth that he just got put into it arbitrarily. but like, oh, of course, it's John Cena. Rah, rah, rah. but it's well,
2: Of course, that's what they want. He's the big money.
1: He, he, well, he is one of the big monies, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, so it was John Cena, and then they had, as you said, a global battle royale yes. put together by Baron Corbin. Okay, of can, just- can we just... <laughs> Why don't you tell me? This was tell-
2: <laughs> a bunch of buffoons. <laughs> I mean, really, come on. And then Baron went through and introduced all of them, and everyone was like, who the hell are How these?
1: How dare you call the Belgian waffler a buffoon? Ugh, wow. So there was so there was a bunch of guys in the ring. There was eight guys in the ring, uh or seven guys in the ring, I guess. I lost count. I just stopped counting at a certain point. <laughs> a bunch all of with, buffoons. That's the official names. count. It was pretty much like a bunch of early nineties WWE jobbers. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they all had like the 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 the, the the cliche Russian, and here's the guy with the claw, and here's, you know, it's all these different kind of here's goofy a things. a
2: chef, and here's a plumber, and here's
1: here's uh, El Conquistador, the Golden Luchador, who we've yes. seen many times throughout WWE history. Uh, And Baron Corbin, of course, this was his way to get himself in the World Cup. He's like, oh, yeah, look how many people I got from across the globe. Isn't this great? Oh, yeah, I'm in this match, too.
2: Right, because I'm going to prove to you all that I deserve this by beating (laughs) these world-class wrestlers.
1: Oh, I love love Baron Corbin. I love what they do with his character. He's just such a smarmy bastard. Yes, he is. Compared to where Baron Corbin was a year ago, this is is magnificent stuff
2: comes such a long way
1: and it's it's so he fun his head. It, right it was <laughs> it's like the opposite of metallica uh he cut <laughs> his hair and got better yes. but uh but no in this match it was fun There was, was a bunch of good little bits like them all teaming up on him at the beginning and we yeah. all thought he was going to get shoved out him screaming no
2: no not yet no what are you come on and Just then throws them out systematically right. one by
1: one which as you'd expect he of course throws, then throws everybody out and starts cheering for himself at the end telling them to ring the bell, but the bell doesn't ring because there's one guy he forgot, and that's yeah. during the match, El Conquistador was hiding down by the side of the ring, actually just kind of sitting a siesta. there. He was sitting there nonchalantly, mm-hmm. just kind of like twiddle, literally literally twiddling his thumbs, yep. and he hops back in the ring at the end, starts doing a little dance around the ring, and Baron Corbin's like, oh, I gotta beat this guy now. And all of a sudden, El Conquistador puts Baron Corbin... He gives him a German suplex, rolls through another German suplex, rolls oh. through another German suplex, and then an angle slam and tosses him out of the ring. Boo yeah. And El Conquistador takes off his mask and turns out to be Kurt Angle. So
2: None other than Long
1: story long, Kurt Angle. <laughs> sneaks one in on Baron Corbin. So this to me sounds like, uh, of Kurt angles in the world cup, this sounds to me like a long form storytelling between Kurt and Baron Corbin, Mm -hmm. which I love. Obviously they've got beef because of Baron usurping the general manager position. Right. Uh, and Kurt quote unquote being on vacation, which he winkingly said he still was after this match. Um, and I, I'm seeing survivor series coming up at the end of what? So the 17th of November sounds right. Uh, I'm seeing team Kurt Versus team Baron
2: Do you think that this Was a good way to bring Kurt back
1: Hell yes I loved this I thought it was a lot Of fun too It was And Kurt uh, Doing the little dance dance. In the costume Was fantastic He He changed his whole Posture and everything so much fun! I love fun Kurt Angle as yeah. opposed to stuffy GM Kurt Angle. He still has so much innate charisma and humor about him. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I was totally down with this. I thought this was a fantastic segment. The one question I had was before this match, Baron Corbin's walking to the ring and he meets Heath uh, Slater backstage, mm-hmm. who says, "Hey, I want to be in this global battle royale," and Corbin just says, "You're not good enough." Yeah. And leaves it. And there was no comeback. That was was, it. it was just Heath's sad face as he, as he walked it's away. Brutal. I really hope this is the beginning of something for Heath. And it wasn't just kind of like a, a Ric Flair burying uh, Santino, or was it Santino? It wasn't Santino. It was, um, to, I'm forgetting his name, the, the guy he buried.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he did a good job. Um,
1: well, yeah, the guy hasn't been seen since. Uh, backstage, you know, just basically kind of like management shutting the guy down for some reason. I hope this is the beginning of something for Heath. Um, and they have an angle, like some sort of angle with him and Corbin. Maybe Heath becomes like an agent of angles, yeah, coming back at Corbin. So I, that's what I hope it is. I hope it Be wasn't a good just angle. crapping on Heath for no freaking reason. Uh, we also had now this this opened the show was uh, we had Triple H and Shawn Michaels come out, and for those of us who lived through uh, the Triple H Authority reign of terror, when he would come, which is uh, when he would come out every week and give like a half an hour promo at the top of the show. Gosh. <gasps> this was this was a flashback yes because once again he and Sean came out and delivered a half an hour promo
2: was it a half an hour oh i thought it was an eternity
1: <laughs> a half an hour is a long time for one person uh to talk uh, like this uh it's I a long climbed
2: time climbed a mountain
1: oh don't don't even it don't it took me eight we only have so much okay, show, okay, Miss sorry, sorry, sorry. JB. We got to get it all going here. So no, they were coming out because we, they, they are reforming DX long story, long, long story short. They're reforming DX. Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement, Triple H and Shawn Michaels as DX versus Undertaker and Kane, the brothers of destruction at crown jewel. We suspected this was happening for a while now. They just confirmed it on this show. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: to sum it all up. Suck it. <laughs>
1: Right, exactly. Yes, the the typical D, uh, DX fashion, a uh, couple of late 40s early 50s year old guys pointing at their crotches and saying suck it, which is <laughs> you know. All right, that's that's exactly what DX has always been about. Oof. Yeah, I'm not I've got to say I'm not excited about this. This is the only upside I can see to this is that at least the old guys, the old part-timers are all working together and yeah. they're not working with younger guys. Right. They're
2: not burying new talent. They're not
1: burying new talent. It's not, it's not, um, you know, WrestleMania, well, I think it was 32, Stone Cold, Mick Foley, uh, and Shawn Michaels coming out and burying a bunch of, burying the, uh, Rusev and, mm-hmm. and Wade Barrett and all the other guys. Like, you know, that's, that's not the way to get new talent over. You've got to, at some point, have the older talent step aside and put over new talent. At least these guys are just, we all working together and it's just a nostalgia match. Right. You know what I mean? Fine, great.
2: I can't. I mean, I said weeks ago the last time I was on that uh, I wished Triple H and Undertaker wasn't happening, and I feel the same way about this. I wish that uh, you know, Degeneration X and Brothers of Destruction was not happening. As much as I love those guys, I just
1: let it go. Yeah. You, do you think it's a few years too late? Like, do you think if they if they'd, so Shawn Michaels has been out for eight years? Yeah. Uh, Triple H has been he's been in and out an Undertaker has not been Undertaker I would argue I would argue uh, since he has been Undertaker since he took those F5s and lost the streak at WrestleMania 30 yeah so about five years I would say Undertaker has not been Undertaker really
2: and the age is showing really really showing yeah. and
1: it's accelerating
2: I agree. And I, I think we should just let them go while they're legends instead of dragging them back out. And
1: it's, the, it's a cliche. Wrestlers never know when to retire. I mean, I, I'm, I keep hearing that Terry Funk still does a match every once in a while. You know, Ric Flair had that beautiful retirement match with Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. and then he went and wrestled in TNA. I mean, it's just they can't freaking stop sometimes. When you I get can't it.
2: stand up fully straight and you're walking funny...
1: It's time to let it go. Well, Shawn Michaels has been bowlegged for years. Let's not. I mean,
2: I get it. I get it. I, I know what Shawn... it's like to be in that ring. I yeah. know how exhilarating it it is. It can be hard to let that go. Sure. But for the love of the sport and for the love of the fans, at some point.
1: It's best to walk off in the sunset. Yes. Right. The, so the question here is, so Shawn Michaels is the one that's coming out of retirement. No one else is retired, right? Right. Undertaker. Should be Kane Kane should be off being a mayor now, but
2: (laughs) what's happening to his town right now?
1: uh, They don't care. They're they're watching their mayor (laughs) on TV chokeslam people. But uh, here's the question. Shawn Michaels came out of retirement for, you know, for uh, uh, I would assume a pretty hefty paycheck from the Saudi Arabian government. Mm -hmm. Is that hypocritical of him?
2: Or is it just typical wrestling stuff?
1: Do you think that's what it is? It's just like, it's, Hey, money's money. And who can say no to that paycheck? And it's more that it's a, it's, it's, it's a convenience. You know what I mean? Like where Mm -hmm. he has the opportunity to have this kind of big nostalgic match with his best friend, come out of retirement, have like one or two more, you know, get a couple more in. He can still kind of go, uh, but make a big paycheck at the same time. Oh yeah. You think that's what it is? Like Like a combination,
2: money, wrestling. Let's do it.
1: Right, but again, it's like the same thing we were saying at the top of the show: is at what point is it hypocrisy? Yeah. At what point is it is it uh, taking taking dirty money?
2: Well, they say everyone has a price.
1: Uh yes, yes, the Million Dollar Man does say that, doesn't he?
2: Yes, yes he does.
1: <laughs> Virgil. Uh so right. yeah, again, that's that. It is what it is. I just hope we don't get too much promotion for it over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I, one half an hour promo is all I need, but oh, we got Undertaker next week on, on SmackDown. So who's, who knows? Maybe that'll go over to SmackDown and we'll have promos for it over there. Um, <laughs> Spreading the love around. Yeah, we have Evolution coming up over there. So there you go. Evolution, Undertaker on SmackDown. What do you think is going to happen?
2: Ronda Rousey versus Undertaker.
1: Oh, God. No. <laughs> I'm no. sorry.
2: I'm sorry. Just put that image in your head. Why my apologies. Okay. I take it back. All right.
1: I'm going to gonna I'm gonna move on and try and get that out of my mouth. Alexa Bliss. And, and Trish Stratus was going to be a match At Evolution uh, And this week we had Trish Stratus come out to the ring yeah. And uh, get confronted By Alexa Bliss and Mickie James And uh, this got This turned into I thought this was interesting Initially we were, we were pitched Trish Stratus versus Alexa Bliss And Mickie James versus Lita mm-hmm. right? Those two matches have now been Because of this segment here squashed together yep. And now it's a tag match it's Alexa nice. Bliss and Mickie James versus Lita And Trish Stratus um, there's a couple of speculations about this uh, Wrestling Observer said that this had been the plan all along and they had to wait until they could announce Ronda Rousey Nikki Bella which was a bigger match mm-hmm. so they were selling tickets based on these individual matches being big matches and now they can squash them together and they can just promote Ronda Rousey and Nikki Bella that was that's the Wrestling Observer's take mm-hmm. from what I've heard Alexa Bliss still has numbness in her hands so this might actually have been done to protect her mm-hmm. So she doesn't have to do as much. So they can have more stuff going on around her. Speculation. Speculations, speculations, speculations. Either way, um, I think this should be not the worst match on the card. I, I'm I'm psyched to see. I, Alexa Bliss to me is just window dressing in this. I'm actually, as much as I'm not psyched to see Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, and, and Shawn Michaels, daughter around the ring i think lita mickey james and trish stratus still have a lot in the tank
2: yeah they can still go and in heels might i add and in
1: heels in heels what up trish stratus throwing some big super kicks in heels that's right? no joke
2: although i do have to say during her promos, she kind of sounded like a nice mom trying to be mean
1: well yeah when talking to alexa uh, she <laughs> might she might be rusty on the promos <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that's hey that's fine if that's a mom that can kick your ass yeah that's true can legit kick your ass that's true uh the couple other things to get to on raw before we move on we had another all i can call it is a is a commercial for the mixed match challenge third week in a row uh some combination of finn balor and bailey faced off against uh jinder mahal and alicia fox once again uh bailey and and balor pull it off but there was really nothing to this i think this is just you know, holding pattern, promoting mix match and there's something for these guys to do. Just killing time. Yeah. Sasha is out with whatever's going on with her. You know, the speculation, it's a back injury or all the way up to pregnant, a pregnancy. Yeah. Who knows? Um, so this is just killing time till these people have something to do. I don't know what they're going to do it's with fun. gender, but it's, yeah, it was fine. It was just, it was just kind of there. Uh, speaking of just kind of there, Bobby Roode and Chad mm. Gable are still a tag team. They're still <laughs> tag teaming against the freaking Ascension. They're, they've been building tension slowly between them. This week, once again, Chad Gable jumped the gun and went in and stole the finish from Bobby Roode, which he looked yeah. pissed about. Um, Do you
2: think he'll go back to being heel rude?
1: God, I hope so. Wearing. I mean, this, we say this every week on the show, right? Uh, that that we hope Bobby Roode becomes rude Bobby Roode again. Yeah. But, uh, rude, rude. I, you know, they also threw the AOP in this, the AOP mm-hmm. came in and beat everybody down at the end of this. So I don't know what's happening there with the tag division right now. You had the belts tied up in the main feud of the entire show and everyone else is just kind of circling around each other. You know, right. the, the ascension and Chad Gable and Bobby Roode have worked each other for the last, I, I feels like five or six weeks been forever and nothing's really happening. So I can only hope that in the next couple of weeks something starts happening with the tag division down here. B team and revival all still just not really doing anything yeah. either. So do you
2: think uh, with AOP in this now, it's going to be like a long-term feud or is this just short lived while they figure out what to do with Gable and rude?
1: There's the a thing is I've, I could see Gable and rude splitting off into a singles thing between the two of them. But I, like I said last week, that feels like another uh, Mojo Raleigh, Zach Ryder thing where no one cares because okay. you haven't really given us a reason to invest. And they've been so far on the lower the card, lower, low down the card, that's gonna be like a, a match on main event or something. Yeah. You know, like one of their secondary shows. So, not looking forward to that at all. We also had a very short match between uh, Ember Moon and Nia Jax, which ended yeah. in a, a count out where uh, Ember got Nia outside and barely made it back in before the count. This was super physical. Like, yeah. this was, I like this a lot. And I the love crowd both did these too. women. Yeah. I'm actually, that's uh, nice to have someone else on the show that likes Nia Jax for once.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I think she's great.
1: Yeah, I, I think I can hear a of- I just
2: felt Nick twinge wherever he is.
1: Just- <laughs> <laughs> Nick Nick listening to this show somewhere is going no.
2: <laughs> oh, I hate Sorry, Nick
1: <laughs> But uh, at any rate they had a match. It was the audience was really into it, too Hopefully they'll they'll try and redo it uh, Make it let them have more time because they'll look at the audience reaction and say hey We should get these girls some more to do Although right now Naya's face again. They hugged after the match So yeah, who knows
2: honorable finish?
1: Yeah, I want Naya. I want Nia to be healed again I do. Well, that's about it. Uh, we don't have anything more on Monday Night Raw, so that means we need to head over and talk about SmackDown Live.
2: Dude, we started SmackDown with the rematch between Becky and Charlotte, and this was intense. Yeah,
1: I was surprised that they did the rematch this quickly.
2: I know, but it was so good. I am not mad.
1: Right. Yeah. No. They just had it at Super Showdown, and then uh, we get it. We get a rematch this time because Becky was disqualified at Super Showdown, uh, lost but retained right. by the disqualification rule. This time, if she was disqualified, she did lose the title. Mm-hmm. So that was the stipulation of this match, and this was a banger of a match.
2: Ah, barn burner. Yeah.
1: And the, and I, I read a stat where this was actually the longest women's match in Raw or Smackdown history. Wow. It was three segments they let him just go. Yeah. And I thought that the match, you know, you can you can get a good match out of 10 minutes, mm-hmm. but if you if they gave you 15 20 minutes, you can tell a full story.
2: Oh yeah, they were killing it. Yeah. It, was, it was such a good match.
1: Yeah, anything that stood out for you or what uh, what particular did you did you like most about this match? Oh
2: my god, they just Kept going at each other. It was like they would not stop mm-hmm. until one of them was dead. <laughs> like they just, there was no quit. They were all fight.
1: Right. Yeah. It's very intense. Absolutely. Which is, and that was the thing that stood out for me was this match was what this feud needed. It needed escalation. Yes. It, we, we had reached a plateau and this match I felt push it over the top. And especially with
2: gasoline on the fire,
1: gasoline on the fire. And, uh, especially with the, with the end of this match where they Ah. were both, they're both counted out, but then kept fighting. Uh, Becky tries to, to run away a couple of times in this match, still being, you know, still making her a bit of a heel. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the, at the end of it all, she ends up at the top of the ramp and Charlotte spears her through the backboard, through the LEDs. Ah. Beautiful, by the way, beautiful. Usually like the kind of destruction we only see with the guys. Uh, and, It looked fantastic. It was a great destruction moment. Yeah.
2: And just a couple more notes on this for atmosphere. These women were both so exhausted by this point. I mean, they were stumbling and staggering around. They had given each other their
1: all. Do you think that was selling or do you think that was uh, that like they were legit blown out?
2: I think it was a bit of both. I mean, as you said, Becky was at the top of the ramp. Charlotte spears her through the LED, and Charlotte legit slices her arm open
1: yeah she, she had some she had some good blood going oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah, that, it looked like it did not look fun <laughs> no, but it 's great again that 's what this feud needed was great. a bit of so, some intensity, uh, so that no that was fantastic they're now officially booked in a last woman standing match. At Evolution, yes, perfect. I'm not a fan of last man or last woman standing matches. It's a general rule, but if done well, they can they can be really nice and intense. Um, My one beef here is Paige made a big deal of saying it's the first ever last woman standing match. Yeah, Um, is it? No, really? No, absolutely not. Maybe on the main roster. On the main roster, Mm -hmm. yes. But just last year, we had Oscar versus Nikki Cross, last woman standing. In NXT, which was a baller match, yeah, one of Oscar's best matches in NXT, Nikki Cross's best match, period. It was an absolutely killer match. So check that out if you if you guys have not seen that and you want to get hyped for Becky and Charlotte last woman standing. Uh, We talked about the World Cup on Monday. Well, Tuesday had World Cup qualifiers as well, only they had two because we had to have people actually qualify and not just get in John Cena. Uh, First up, we had Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe. Joe was still, quote unquote, injured Mm -hmm. from Super Showdown where his leg, quote unquote, popped in the AJ Styles. I'm still mad at him. Quote unquote. I'm still mad at him. When he first sold that injury in the match at Super Showdown, Mm -hmm. I legit thought he was injured. That's how well he sold it.
2: I mean, he's Samoa freaking Joe.
1: <laughs> okay, like, touche. We what do, are you surprised about? We do love some Joe on this show. Uh, that being said, this match, Jeff Hardy with some really nice face paint tonight. I got to say, yeah. this was, I, I really liked his face paint on this show. Uh, Jeff Hardy did go over. Samoa Joe was unable to continue. The ref stopped the match. Wow, ref called it. Yeah, which I was... I'm still of two minds and I don't know if that keeps Joe looking strong or not because uh, he did kept trying to get up and get at Jeff Hardy so it made him look like he was a fighter but Right, at the but same he couldn't time, get up.
2: That's why the ref called it. He literally couldn't stand up.
1: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I am of two minds of it. Um, obviously, I think that... Uh, the, uh, as we start to look at this card building at the World Cup, I can see what they're going for, so I know why Jeff Hardy went over Samoa Joe. It just it didn't leave the best taste in my mouth to have him go out to a uh, uh, ref stoppage, but at least it protects him somewhat. Yeah,
2: it was surprising, but I do feel like he still looks strong because even though his leg was blown out, it looked like if Jeff came within arm reach, like, Joe still would have ripped his head off. You right. know, he just know, If he Good had point. gotten him in his hands.
1: Yeah, totally. So uh, again, I again I think it does in some ways keep Joe looking strong. I just at the at the time I was like, "Oh."
2: Yeah, it it definitely surprised me.
1: But um uh also we had another World Cup qualifier match. A returning Big Show. Big Show came back uh after a year and faced off against Randy Orton because hey, it's 2007, why not? Why not? Uh and this was about the match you'd expect, Big Show lumbering around and Randy kind of trying to be scared of him, trying to figure out how to take him down. Of course, he eventually does RKO, which he hasn't done in a long time uh, on the big show. Randy Orton is going on to the world cup. Yeah. Um, and the question then is, is who's Randy going to feud with now? We still don't know. Although I have my suspicions oh, and do you? Uh, I do. And that's because next week it has been officially announced. Rey Mysterio, as we said, back in WWE, <sighs> And he's going to have a World Cup qualifying match next week against Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, and if World Cup is shaping up, I mean, if you look at the roster of the World Cup right now, first four guys, John Cena, Randy Orton, um, Jeff, Hardy. Jeff Hardy, and uh, why am I blank? And and uh, uh, Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, John Cena, and who else? Oh, Kurt Angle, got Kurt Angle, confused. God. <laughs> Kurt Angle, I'm too busy doing the next part. Conquistador, yeah, because Col- the key- final
2: entrant had a uh, double me. identity. Right,
1: that's why he threw me.
2: Got a flash of gold in my brain. I was like, what is this?
1: <laughs> He's got to come into this match as the Conquistador. Can you imagine? Yes, please, with oh, the dance my, moves. Be, oh, with the dance moves, that'd be amazing. If you entered this, oh!
2: But it's it's shaping up. The World Cup is shaping up to be. Uh, it's shaping um, up to be
1: 2007. Yeah, is it's what a shaping up to match. be. This is what it, uh, this is makes me think that this was another request from the Saudi government. They wanted to see certain you know superstars. They're not up on the modern product as much. I
2: yeah. was very sad. Do they not have current cable? Well,
1: there was a there was a rumor that the prince asked for like Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna when he was asking for people to show up at his show, and they were like, they're uh, dead, dude. No. They, <laughs> uh, we can't?
2: All the money in the world. Uh, can't make that one happen.
1: I, I want us, yeah, we could grab Johnny Gargano and put up some face paint on him and pretend he's Ultimate Warrior, make him no. shake the ropes. That'd be amazing. Oh, no. Ultimate Johnny Warrior. I'd be down for that. Anyway, um, okay, getting back to it. But yeah, it looks like a kind of a 2007 thing. So that makes me think next week Ray is going to somehow beat Shinsuke Nakamura and uh and then possibly go into a feud with him and Randy because mm-hmm. Randy has said he wants to take out our idols and prefers to take out Jeff Hardy, Ray would be the obvious next choice right. and we know that there's something weird going on between Shinsuke and Randy where for some, for some reason Randy Randy keeps coming out and helping Shinsuke. So it would make sense if Ray beat Shinsuke it goes on into the 2007 uh you know greatest hits world cup and um <laughs> And then you know that's we have two programs going on at once there. So. Okay,
2: but let's go back again. What about Big Show?
1: What about Big Show?
2: Well, is he like? Back, back, or was this just a one-off he's looking good
1: He, well yeah he's been looking good for a while now um i think this is just a one-off you know he's doing a lot of other extracurricular stuff for wwe right. uh appearances and, and charity Honor's stuff Cure. yeah that kind of thing so i don't think he's gonna be wrestling that much i think you know he's kind of like mark henry was a year or two ago where he just he shows up every once in a while puts somebody over and then goes away and does other stuff so
2: does this
1: thing yeah that's kind of what i think we're seeing with him uh, we also had a very entertaining Miz TV segment where uh, Miz was told by Paige he had to be very professional because his guests were AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan, of course, just having beaten him in two minutes at Super Showdown. Right. And uh, and AJ Styles, of course, being the guy that Miz wanted to face once he beat Daniel Bryan, winner of that match, of course, got a, uh, a title shot. So now Daniel Bryan has that title shot. This was hilarious. This was of course, yeah. Miz Trying to wind the two guys up. Uh, both of them completely knowing what he was trying to do, not biting into it, but still giving each other the heads up that they were going to fight. And it was going to be a real fight. Yeah. Um, they teamed
2: up on the two minute man. They did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of I was sick of that line by the end of this. I was like, all right, two minute man. We know we get it, but, uh, it was still fun. But, uh, that being said, I like the fact that at the, in the middle of this, Miz took a step back and Daniel Bryan and, and, and AJ, you know, they t- t- took a step towards each other, yeah. looked each other in the eye and said, hey, I think I'm the best and I deserve that title. You think you're the best. You think you deserve that title. Let's find out who the better man is, essentially.
2: Yeah, it was pretty amicable up to that point. I mean, and it still didn't get rude or
1: anything. It never did. And at some point, they'll get a little more competitive edge, I'm sure. Like Miz said at the very top of the segment, who's interested in seeing good boy, good guy Daniel Bryan versus good guy AJ Styles? You know, so that's why he was trying to foment a little bit of, of animosity here. Yeah. Uh, I think this can be built based on. Good guy versus good guy. Who's who's better? And Agreed. I, would, I would like to see a competitive match where both guys shows off, show off things that the other one can work with mm-hmm. that most guys can't. Right? Daniel Bryan up until now, and I, and there's actually been some people uh, in our Facebook discussion group who said that they're getting a little, they're getting sick of of Daniel Bryan. They're getting a little, they're 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 over his his stick, mm-hmm. um, and they're tiring of him. Which on one hand is 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 shocking and kind of sad to me because it's to me, it's Daniel Bryan. I'm still very much a Daniel Bryan supporter, but at the same time, I think about it and I get it. He hasn't done anything terribly important uh, since he came back. He hasn't been in a really good feud. The Miz feud started really good, but then very quickly got kind of bland and, uh, and I, I would have to call him out. It's actually, it was Chris Kavanaugh who said this in our, in our online, our Facebook discussion group, which you should all sign up for and get involved with. Um, I, I get it. Daniel Bryan has not done anything terribly exciting since he came back, except for maybe two weeks with the Miz and, and one match with, um, Andrade Cien Almas, right? He has not been that interesting he needs something interesting to do. And I think that working with AJ could potentially be that. I think that this could be an opportunity for Daniel Bryan to show off some stuff that he hasn't been able to show off with workers like the Miz who is capable, but not mind blowing with big Cass who is neither. Um, So this is a possibility for Daniel Bryan to remind us that he is a freaking phenomenal wrestler.
2: Yeah. I think this match is going to be really exciting. And even though DB hasn't done anything, particularly exciting yet since he's been back I'm not worried for him. No? No. I think he's got he's got time.
1: You th- oh, do think you, he's got do time you think he's got time or are people going to start are going to start like cooling on him?
2: Well, some people might, but I think it'd be easy for him to get them back the second he's involved. And I'd rather mm. see him take the time and then find the right angle and the right story for him than just throw him into something that ends up being crap because they wanted to make something right away.
1: So you're you're patient is what you're saying. I'm patient, well, yes. I, I, I'd rather
2: I, wait for a better story and a uh-huh. better payoff than to have something right away that's just But don't gonna, you think
1: that there's also a danger of that? Like 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 look at Finn Balor where he's just kind of circling around and not really doing anything. At some point people are gonna get bored of him and not care. Look at Bobby Roode and Chad Gable where they are in the card. People are starting to just not care.
2: I agree, but none of those people are Daniel Bryan. Touche. Daniel Bryan was patient. Daniel Bryan waited. Daniel Bryan, well, is now <laughs> back in the game.
1: Let's be clear. He didn't wait because he wanted to.
2: Uh, well, yeah, obviously.
1: And actually, I think it was his impatience that got him back. The fact that he pushed so hard to get back. But I do understand what you're saying in the sense of he's able to, to come back. He is yes. a kind of a comeback kid. And, exactly. and we could never really count him out. He is the ultimate underdog.
2: Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
1: Totally. I gotcha. So the question is, does Miz stay involved with this feud? Obviously, at the end of this, uh, we had a match between AJ Styles and Shelton. Benjamin. (laughs) uh, And uh, with with Miz and Daniel Bryan on commentary. Yes. Continuing what seemed to be an ongoing feud between Miz and Daniel Bryan. And that makes me think that Miz still has more to do with this. That Miz is still involved. And which is great because we wanted Miz involved in the title picture. And he, and he might still yet be. Yep. So for people who are, who are bored of Daniel Bryan, you might get a little mizzen with your Daniel Bryan AJ Styles salad. He's
2: always professing how worthy he is.
1: He is. Um, Shelton did, of course, thanks to 50-50 booking, lost to AJ Styles here. So now we have an interesting dynamic where uh, Shelton might also be involved in this somehow as well because he beat Daniel Bryan and, uh, previously. And uh,
2: AJ looking over to Daniel Bryan, going you're next. You're
1: next, buddy. I can't wait! I can't wait! I, th- I personally, I'm calling it now. Miz costs Daniel Bryan his title shot. AJ retains, goes on to break Ooh. the record, uh, and then Miz and Daniel Bryan go back into a feud. Damn! Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we also had one night in Milwaukee. The director's cut. Oh my god! Rusev Day continues with this feud. I gotta say, I, I have, I- I'm starting to cool on it. It's been one week, and I know that's I know, it seems fickle. I know it seems fickle, but no. this is—we all knew where this was going. This was exactly. so telegraphed, right? Like at any point, was, yes. did this surprise you this week?
2: Not at all. This was completely predictable from the moment Aiden started this with his right. one night in Milwaukee. Even from was, last week,
1: we knew where this was going to end.
2: Yeah, it was so cliche. Mm-hmm. I was not surprised by anything. Yeah. I was rather bored with it.
1: Yeah, he he showed more of the clip he had last week of him and Lana in a hotel room. Last week it, he he obviously paused at a place where it seemed scandalous, but we all kind of knew that Lana. We all knew, we all knew that that the, the next couple of seconds would reveal that it wasn't what it seemed. He did it again this week where he paused at a different point mm-hmm. and it still was like, okay, well this is we can tell this is still nothing. And luckily, Rusev and Lana also weren't fooled. They had hacked Aiden's phone and gotten the full video, which they then showed, which showed Lana rejecting Aiden's advances and leaving the hotel room, which leads to Rusev and Aiden trying to scrap and Aiden running off uh, like the cowardly shit little heel he was. He basically just wanted Rusev to leave Lana for him.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, like that's going to happen, Aiden.
1: Well, just here's the thing. Okay. So my opinion on this is this is one of those angles where... It's not going to work unless you just really Jerry Springer it up. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? If you're going to go for it, you got to go for it and not have it just be flat and kind of wishy-washy and flat. You flaccid. have to create
2: real suspicion that well, something
1: happened. And it's got to be a little more tawdry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, then this was here. This was, this was just so innocent and safe in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't say that I truly missed, missed Vince Russo right here. Uh, but I missed Vince Russo a little bit. He would have had something just completely bananas to throw into this,
2: but it's the PG era.
1: That's the problem is that they can only go so far. And unfortunately that meant that this angle was kind of dead in the water from the second that they set out on it. And they really should have, I think found a different take to, to come at this with Aiden.
2: Exactly. This wasn't meant for the kiddos, but it was also too lame for
1: the adults. It started off real well. That first line Hey, you remember what happened in Milwaukee? boom like, drop the mic that was great and then it just was, was
2: yeah downhill from there
1: yeah so hopefully this hopefully this uh they find a new way to, to put an angle on this and this goes somewhere else because they have in my opinion bungled rusev day since it was really hot right around WrestleMania time. Yeah, just I don't been, know
2: what's going to happen from here
1: with that. I, I don't either, but uh, I'm I'm more nervous than I have been in a long time when it comes to Rusev. So yeah, so that wraps it up for SmackDown Live this week. We've got Rey Mysterio versus Nakamura next week, as we said. Next week is also SmackDown Live 1000. It has been yeah. announced. Evolution is reforming. Batista mm-hmm. will be back on TV uh, along with Ric Flair, Triple H, and Randy Orton. Do you Curious think they're going to gonna get they... The Rock? I don't know. There's, I mean, they've, they're obviously they've they've been trying really hard to, as they've said, they they really wanted to have him back. But the question is, uh, does he have time? Yeah.
2: I mean, he was all over their SmackDown 1000 promo. Well, of
1: course, it's his show. Initially, yeah. you know, it was his catchphrase everything like when this when the i remember when it first started on upn that's how old i am
2: well don't tease us unless you're going to give us the man come on i
1: think that they don't they're not going to know until the day of there's (laughs) a lot of stuff they do so much last minute they didn't know lashley was going to turn heel until the afternoon of monday night raw you know what I mean? Like that's how late they 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 do things. And yeah. that's sometimes they don't do things to right before the match. Sometimes they do it in the match. They might not know if Rock is gonna be there until he's there and it might be the big surprise of the show. For everyone. And if and they don't want to promise it if it might fall through. So they've given it they've given up some big stuff. Evolution, Undertaker will be on the show, Ray is coming back. That's some big stuff from SmackDown one thousand. Yeah. If they can pull off some other big surprises, it would be awesome.
2: It wouldn't be the first time if they did that they promised something that they didn't uh Pull through on well,
1: but it's not good to make a practice of it. True. Uh, one thing they the other thing they did promise was Edge will be coming back. We'll be having a little uh, another Edge, the cutting Edge, a little little show Please. with Edge. Hopefully Seth doesn't try to break his neck this time, but uh, don't. It'll, it'll be nice to see Edge back. Hopefully uh, Christian will show up as well. I am one of the Christians, one of Christian's peeps. I'm a big fan of uh, Mr. Charisma himself, so. Uh, We'll see what happens next week on SmackDown Live.
2: Let's head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling.
1: So starting off, we go right to NXT. And the top of NXT, of course, the champ himself comes out, Tommaso Ciampa. bald bastard. That bald bastard. Son of a bitch lost my headphone on that uh he came out and started uh, talking about how great he was how great his song was how great his belt was and how much the velveteen dream sucks for even trying to be Basically. in his presence of course dream came out they had a little uh war of words it was very fun chapa told dream he wasn't uh, tough enough ha-ha, yeah. Ha-ha, yeah. Uh, yeah. and then uh, nikki cross of all people comes out right. and freaks them both out
2: yeah, they were definitely both a little like,
1: uh what the fuck? Well, who
2: wouldn't going? be? Nikki's nuts. She was like playing with the fringe on um Dream's jacket oh. <laughs> and uh, snuggling up to Champa like a cat.
1: I loved it. What I loved going it. going on? Talking into his belt, talking to his belt and then like yep. slapping the mic out of his hand. Ah. Uh, it was very entertaining. But she said to both of them, I know what you did. I know what you did. Yeah. I know you and you. I know. I know what that was. No, what you did I'm from Glasgow? Can I you tell about a ridiculous accent? Aye. I... Well then. Yeah. So anyway, it's so just I, like that, folks. She but she spent the entire show like popping up and being like, "I know what you did. I know what you did." So I think this was yet another red herring.
2: Apparently, she's got dirt on everybody. That
1: sounds like that, right?
2: She's popping up all over the place. Thing. I know what you did <laughs> i can't do the accent like you
1: but uh yeah no so she, she was she popped up later in the show uh william regal was asked about if he had reached any point with the the investigation of who was after alistair black and uh right ono was.: yeah cashew was talking yeah. smack and saying that he was going to take out regal's new new golden boy mm-hmm. his new shiny play thing which you know does he mean keith lee does he mean matt riddle i right. think he means matt riddle they
2: haven't revealed it yet they have I, not i can't wait for matt riddle to show up oh God, I know. I Uh toes are okay after marty Skrull. Snapped
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Marty snapped his toes. I forgot about that at PWG. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're fine. That's what, you, that's what you get for wrestling with no shoes. <laughs> that's what happens. Anyway, yeah. So uh, we don't know what's happening there, but apparently she knows what, Cassius Ono did, too. I don't know. Regal wants to talk to her, even though he's previously said she's crazy, doesn't know what she's talking about. He wants to talk to her as well. So we'll see. I say,
2: though, everybody's looking pretty guilty when she says that to oh, them. Oh, well,
1: of course. Ten little Indians. Everyone did something. You know what I mean? Conscience is all over. Murder in the Orient Express. Uh, we also had a match between Keith Lee and Kona Reeves, which was built last week. Uh, the Keith K- Lee. Keith Lee, man. he uh, He whooped up on Kona. I keep forgetting how big Kona is. Right, you know, like we've stood next to Keith Lee, you and I, and yeah. he is a enormous human being, and yeah. Kona is bigger than he is. He's well, he's, he's taller, exactly. But he's still he's vertically he's larger. Big, he's big too. I mean, it's he's a big dude. Uh, this was a very physical match.
2: Yeah, it didn't stop him from getting whooped by Keith Lee, though. Nope.
1: Keith did uh, ultimately do the uh, what's he calling now? The Supernova is calling his uh, his jackhammer, <laughs> yeah. his fish fireman's carry jackhammer. The Supernova takes out Kona Reeves, shuts him up. Uh, another another win for Keith Lee. So Keith yeah. on a roll. I'm curious to see what they have planned for him because obviously we're big fans of Keith on this show here. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious where whether they're going with him in NXT. I still feel like he's a little bland and that might just be me being critical. I don't feel like he's had that moment of defining you know, who he is.
2: Yeah, but I do really enjoy watching him have fun in the ring. Oh, yeah. Oh my it's God. so clear that he loves what he's doing. He enjoys every minute of it. He's got this little smug smirk on his face. It's He's just. <laughs>
1: That's confidence. It's, it's not su- smugness. No, it's
2: such a pleasure to watch. It's clear he's having fun.
1: Yes, agreed. Uh, and then, of course, the big match this week. NXT was, half of NXT this week was one match. Yeah. With good reason. Triple oh, threat. so good. Triple threat match. Ricochet defending his North American championship against Pete Dunne and Adam Cole. Bay
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: Damn good match.
2: This was so
1: good. Yes. It was all... It's what it, We knew it was going to be good. We knew it was going to be good. We yeah. you can't have these guys and not have it just be a baller match.
2: I don't know if I knew it was going to be this good.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean,
2: I expected it to be good, but... Uh, now,
1: you know, what, was, what did you like most about it? What were some of the things... What were the highlights for you?
2: Oh, man. They just had this... Uh, this great dynamic switching off between the three of them. Mm -hmm. It was like the timing of it. They'd throw, you know, Pete Dunne and Ricochet would throw out Adam Cole together, then be going at each other. And it seemed like they had, um, like they were collaborating a team for a minute. Then they turn on each other. Then Adam Cole would jump back in. Like they kept teaming up on one another and then switching the dynamics around yeah. so many times. The
1: booking was fantastic. The storytelling was great. Like the timing of everything. And then the way that it built was really impressive to me yeah. too. So that so at the end, there was a couple of false finishes that uh, you had everyone just right. jaws, jaws open and of course, Ricochet does things so casually that humans should not be able to do. He's
2: superhuman.
1: Yeah, I I've, I think I mentioned it to you while we were watching this. Uh, that one of the things that I like about what they're doing with Ricochet in NXT is he has this criticism, uh, you know, in general about to being too flippy, right? His stuff being the flippy shit, and uh, he can't he can't sell or he can't work a match or he can't be technical. And since he's been in NXT, he'll throw in some flips here and there, almost like they're a normal move, but then go back to working a regular match. And he's really been showing that his selling is very good, that he can uh, show the way that that you know damage builds up over a match, get more and more exhausted as a match goes on, um, and then pull out big moves to use them uh, to tell the story as opposed to just be impressive. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I think if he was continuing to continuing to do matches, like the, the stuff he did in new Japan against Will Ospreay, people would just, you know, write him off as a spot monkey. But the fact that he's able to work a match with a guy like Pete Dunn, uh, Adam Cole is is just a hybrid wrestler. He can do pretty much every style and fit in and do it well. Um, and, and he sells so brilliantly well, like you can put him in anywhere. Ricochet is a very specific kind of wrestler and he's showing that he's actually got more levels than what he has been, uh, I think, pigeonholed into being conceived as. Yeah. So I, I thought this was this this one in particular, um, especially because he did win at the end. Pete Dunne was covering Adam Cole after a bitter end. Ricochet with a 450 splash off of the ropes yes. onto Pete Dunne for the one, two, three. T- uh, by the way, the first time I believe Pete Dunne has been pinned... I have to checked the stat. I think he may have uh maybe been a tag match or two he may have taken a pin. But I don't I don't think so. I think this is the first time Pete Dunne has been pinned in a long, long time. He's not taken a lot of pins in the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. That's why he's still the champ. Yeah. So it's a big deal that Ricochet pinned him here.
2: I think Pete Dunne and Ricochet bring great things out of each other. Holy
1: crap, you ain't kidding. And Adam Cole and Ricochet bring great things out of each other. Look mm-hmm. at their match at the Last Takeover. So- I could
2: watch Ricochet flip around all day long. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> you know what? I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. I could too. Speaking of flipping around, uh, we got to head over and talk about 205 Live. Next week on, ne- on NXT, we've got Nikki Cross versus Bianca Belair and Undisputed Era versus the Wall Waiters. Wall, Wall Waiters? Wall Waiters. we got that coming for you. Uh, the Wall Waiters against the Undisputed Era. That's next week. Double main event on NXT. On 205 Live this week, uh, Leo Rush showed up with his Bobby Lashley shirt on. Very much a heel if you didn't know they were heel before they they are heel now Leo's always been kind of a heel on 205 now he's yeah he's a heel if
2: you didn't know now you know
1: yeah and uh but he did have a match with lince dorado which i thought was an interesting person to have a match with so i thought lince was already in a feud but i guess not uh leo and lince were having a match in the middle of the match out of nowhere almost no explanation out comes Maria and Mike Bennett Canellas. Uh, Surprise! What? Surprise. I think this is brilliant. Uh, there's nothing for Mike Bennett Canellas uh, to do on the main roster right now. He's been just kind of you know he's gotten in the most incredible shape in the last year. Uh, if you follow him on on social media, he's been doing a great job of rehabbing himself he apparently had some bad issues with uh with being addicted to pills mm. and booze right before uh the birth of his and Maria's child and i guess he got himself cleaned up and now is in the best shape of his life That's and is great. yeah it's and he looks great the dude is jacked right now um so the 205 i think is a great fit for him yeah this was weird that he uh, got inserted into this match uh maybe he'll get involved in lucha house party feud somehow but um we shall see we shall see I think this is a smart move, and uh, welcome back to Mike and Maria Canellis.
2: Welcome back, fam.
1: Yep. Uh, we also had Buddy Murphy showing up. He was doing a little selfie video on the, uh, uh, of like a balcony in Australia, yeah. talking about how he'll be back to two hundred five when he feels like it because he's the champ. Exactly. Now. That match was baller. By the way, that's what he
2: wants. That, that match, was a great match. That
1: was fantastic. The match was Super Showdown. Yeah. That was really good. Uh, he says he does what he wants and He'll be back when he feels like it, uh and if Cedric wants to face somebody, he can face Tony Nice which he does this week. Cedric did have a match with Tony Nice uh, there was some backstage stuff with with Cedric and Mustafa Ali Mustafa's got a uh, a false kind of anywhere match with uh, Hideo Itami in two weeks, which should be a great match, but uh, basically Mustafa and Cedric obviously friends checking in with each other yes, heart seeing and soul. If, seeing exactly seeing if Cedric is a hundred percent. Cedric says he is but seems a little off. Yeah. Well, that match with Tony Nice, Cedric is not 100%. No. His uh, his finisher is no longer protected. Tony mm-hmm. kicks out of it. Uh Cedric is not 100% there. He loses to Tony Nice. Poor Cedric. Yeah. I think this might be the, begin- be the beginning of a redemption angle for Cedric and he needs some personality and something to do.
2: Yeah, something to fight upwards again.
1: Yeah, I think he's better as an underdog than he is as a champ.
2: Yeah. I just have love for him.
1: Of course. He's a lovable guy. So, But uh, yeah, I, liked, I like what they're doing with Cedric. I think this is the perfect angle for him. I like Buddy Murphy as champ, kind of another, a, another Neville, if you will. He feels like another Neville, just a big, scary Jack champ Yeah, you know, in the 205 division. So I'm liking what they're doing over there still. Uh, and then finally on 205 this week, we had Jack Gallagher and Drew Gulak explaining why they turned on the Brian Kendrick, um, basically just saying he was getting too soft. <laughs> That's basically. Uh, but they're talking about how the next week they're going to face off against Akira Tozawa, I don't know. I could see Brian Kendrick and Tozawa teaming up.
2: Yeah. Do you think he'll turn face?
1: Uh, Kendrick. I, it's hard to say with all with all the the turns this week. Right. It's like turning season. You know turn what I mean? Around, let's let's see. baby face. Now you're singing. but <laughs> well, you given me crap earlier about mamas and the papas. Yeah. Well, you know. all right? Jeez. And you're singing 80s songs. All right. Well, moving on. Let's talk about New Japan. Uh, They had the King of Pro Wrestling show last October 8th on Monday. Uh, Dude, it was insane.
2: Insane in the membrane.
1: And now Cypress Hill. I see how this is. I can't quote songs. Uh, Okay, so if you've been following New Japan at all, there's been a lot of plot development going on in New Japan. King of Pro Wrestling was no different. Mm -hmm. Tons of plot coming out here. Uh, we had some scores get settled. The Bad cl- uh, the Bullet Club OGs, which is uh, Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Taiji Bone Soldier Ishimori, beat the Bullet Club Elite, which was represented by the Young Bucks, Aww. Hangman Page, and Chase Owens. So Bullet Club OGs still standing tall. Uh, and then we had a very interesting build for a match. We had a tag match between uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroki Goto, Will Ospreay faced off against... Uh, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Takashi Izuka. Here's what's interesting about this Osprey pinned Taichi. Taichi is currently the never openweight champion. Yeah. Will Osprey gave him a stormbreaker, pinned him, picked up the open weight belt, and said, I'm coming for you.
2: Get it, Osprey. I'm down. Get it.
1: Osprey versus Taichi. Oh, yeah. I like the fact that they're they're positioning Osprey more as a heavyweight now. Mm-hmm. There, he has gone all in with New Japan. And in in return, they seem to be pushing him a lot and giving him a lot to do and making him look great.
2: Well, he deserves it.
1: I agree, he's fantastic. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking damn forward hard to that. He is a damn hard worker. The man kills himself. But uh, it's been booked officially. Power struggle, November third, Osprey versus Tai Chi for the never open weight belt that was set up in this match. Uh, the other big news: Los Ingobernables de Japón. Obviously, ever since. Our, our beloved Hiromo Takahashi went out with a horrific neck injury uh, yeah. at the Cow Palace. They have been looking for another member of uh, Los Ingobernables, not as a replacement. They've been very specific about saying that, not as a replacement, yeah. but just as a new member. Uh, and they found him, and they revealed him this week. Uh, you, may remember, you may remember on the show a couple weeks ago, we were talking about some of the gnarliest... Uh, slaps in the world. Who's got oh, yeah. the, the, who's going to brush you off the worst the <laughs> yeah. chops that are just going to make you cringe. Walter. Walter being one of the ones, you know, who else we, uh, I mentioned the, one of the first people I mentioned in that, when we were talking about that was the guy they brought out as the new member of Los Ingobernables, Shingo Takagi. And if you don't know Shingo, I don't blame you. He's mostly known in Japan. He's a, a big member of dragon gate. He's actually the first graduate of the dragon gate dojo. Uh, he's been around for a while, mid two thousands, I think, is when his career started. Mm, I uh, admit I do not know him. Yes, he's a former Ring of Honor tag champion. He kind of looks like what would happen if you cross Steve Blackman and Shinsuke Nakamura. He's well, all right. Yes, <laughs> he's uh, he's very very scary. He's a scary <laughs> man, but he is he's big enough that he could go heavyweight if they wanted him to. But they're starting him out in the juniors division which is where you know, his power moves and everything will, will, I think, fit in great. So he's been working with mostly smaller guys most of his career. So Quick I th- question. Yes.
2: Do we have any updates on Takahashi's neck?
1: No, unfortunately, we do not. He's still, he's still out indefinitely, and he's had to give up the belt. He gave up the belt, right. uh, and we've been having a tournament to determine who's going to take it over. Well, we had the finals this night on uh, King of Pro Wrestling, Kushida, Versus Marty Skrull. And I always know, as we know the cycle of these guys, Marty Skrull always beats Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. Kushida always beats Marty Skrull. Again, that was the case here. Marty goes down. Kushida is your new junior heavyweight champion. By the way, this is a match worth checking out. People forget how good Marty Skrull is. People forget how good Kushida is. This was, I, this was, I, think, I think, the match of the night. You know, the the match between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Jay White was really good. The main event was really good. This was my match of the night. This was wildly entertaining. Uh, We also did not have a match between Zack Sabre Jr. and Evil, even though it was scheduled. Mm. What happened there? Uh, Zack Sabre was, was in the ring. And on his way to the ring, Evil had a nice big procession with a bunch of druids. One of the druids, thank goodness, by the way, regular druids. Oh, okay. Not penis druids. Right. I know what you were thinking. That's
2: exactly what I was thinking. I know it was you read my mind. Yeah,
1: You're still scarred by Joey Ryan.
2: How could I not be? <laughs> I will never hear the word druid and not think penis again for the rest of my
1: life. Well done, Joey Ryan. I've been ruined. You've been... <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I just reincarn- know, I mean, nightmares- me,
2: reincarnate me right now. I need to start over
1: nightmares about a bunch of hipsters dressed in penis costumes coming for you in the middle of the night. No. Yeah. Uh So one of one of evil's druids jumped him and of course pulled off his hood and it's Chris Jericho. Oh, so poor- uh, yeah, Saber didn't get his match. He was bombed. So he just beat up evil anyway. <laughs> <laughs> As, you know, because he's a heel. That's what you, it's what you do. But yeah, so Evil did get challenged uh, by Chris Jericho to a match. They will face off at Power Struggle for the New Japan Intercontinental Championship. And I think it will probably, if Evil goes over here and takes the belt, which I think is a distinct possibility, look for Jericho to show up in Impact Wrestling. Um, if Jericho as a druid? goes over, no, not as a druid, just, just as, Chris, as Chris Jericho, one of the many faces of Chris Jericho. Uh, and then, of course, the last two matches we have to talk about Hiroshi Tanahashi defending his uh, Wrestle Kingdom 13 briefcase, his Money in the Bank briefcase, essentially, against Jay White, who, by the way, after beating up Taka, Taka, uh, Tanahashi, Tanahashi does end up winning. But Jay White, with the assistance of Gato and Jado afterwards, beat down Tanahashi. Okada comes running out for the save. They beat down Okada and reveal that they have joined. The Bullet Club OGs, oh,
2: snap.
1: Yeah, so that's a big deal. We already have, by the way, online. There are already Switchblade shirts that you right. can buy. Jay White Switchblade shirts, which, by the way, just look like something that a high school shooter would wear. They're just okay. they're so <laughs> exactly a high school knife per- pervert would wear that shirt. But um, yeah, so new members of the Bullet Club OGs. Bullet Club OGs is like the most stacked faction in New Japan oh. right now. That's like they're now officially like they started off as just being kind of up upstarts and now it's they're genuinely a scary faction. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> I think that's the they're idea. They're so mean. I think that's the idea. <laughs> uh finally we had the main event Kenny Omega versus Cody and Kota Ibushi. Um I think that Cody was inserted in this just to keep us from having this dream match between Kenny Omega and Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Uh but they still made us want to see that match because of the finish, which was Kenny putting the one-winged angel on Ibushi for the win. So that potential future match is still in our minds. Yes. What would happen if they were left alone and there was no Cody to mess up their, uh, their match? It was, Teasing it, us. it was tough because there, we had two really great three-way matches this week. We had this one and the one on NXT, mm-hmm. and I have a hard time picking which one was better. That's how good they both were. Yeah. were. We're in a golden age.
2: That's a great problem to have. It, it is, isn't it? We'll take
1: I'm it. I'm not mad at it. But because of the win with this match and the Tanahashi match, it has been made official. Wrestle Kingdom 13, Tanahashi versus Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. It's an official, official match. Uh, also, one more member of BCOG was uh, revealed tonight. Robbie Eagles will be Taiji Shimori's tag partner uh, starting a Power Struggle in the Junior Tag League Tournament. So... Oh.
2: Stuff happening good over
1: Good Grief, New Japan. They're on a roll. Uh there, there are, are some there are some rumblings of some problems in New Japan. We'll talk about that in the lightning round later on. Mm. But uh yeah. So let's far. Talk I, about the Classic, let's I? talk about
2: the May Young Classic, can't we? Let's
1: talk about the May Young Classic. I'm
2: excited about
1: this. It's been really, really good this year. Yeah. Wednesday nights are just awesome right now.
2: And getting better every You're week. Right.
1: As, as you would expect, you know, as you go on further in the tournament. Uh, they they tend to weed out the less the less experienced women, and you tend to have um, a lot more like really good talent working in this. The semifinals to be nothing but good matches, right? And even like even this show t- tonight, like I can't say any of the matches were bad; just some were better than others. Yeah, uh, like started off with uh, let's see if we can say this right. Do let's do this better than, better than Michael Cole? How about that? Okay. Zeuxis versus Io Shirai.
2: I say Zeosis. Uh, because we have to not pronounce it the same if we're going to stay consistent.
1: I'm trying not to be their, consistent. <laughs> with
2: this their was, commentary. Michael
1: Cole was all over the place. He called her Zeuxis, Zeusis, Zeusis.
2: I don't know if anyone pronounced this name the same way
1: twice. And He, he said Eoshira two or three times. She's not a wine dude. There's an, another either anyway. Okay, we could bitch about Michael Cole all night. But the bottom line is, uh, yeah, Zeuxis versus Eoshira. mm mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about this match?
2: To be honest, I'm still not that impressed with uh, Zeusis.
1: Really? No, I'm she didn't, not. She didn't blow you away, huh?
2: No, especially in her first round match. I She was sort of stumbling all over the place. She didn't seem steady. And she hmm. was definitely better in this match. Uh, but I'm still, she's still the weak link for me, Um
1: I'm shocked by that. I, I thought she was nice and crisp, and I thought she's. I've seen her do a lot more and a lot better, but I thought she had some pretty good, uh, pretty nice moves. Well,
2: yeah, you are you are familiar with her outside of the tournament, and the tournament is my first introduction to her. Sure. So, just my impression, you know, coming in fresh with what I've seen so far is I'm not that impressed.
1: I mean, but- I will I will admit that she seems to be like if you look at the cruiserweight. Champion the cruiserweight classic from a few years ago. She's kind of like in my opinion like a Zack Sabre jr Who really I would argue underperformed? He didn't really mm-hmm. connect because I've seen Zack Sabre jr. Have all-time classic matches I've seen Zeus be really really good as well And for some reason that just didn't translate here and I'm wondering if that's what it was.
2: Yeah, and on the other hand, you had Io Shirai, who just had an amazing get-up-and-go to her. And the crowd loved her. Yeah.
1: She was great. She is great. And, and she's still, I don't think, she's gotten out of second gear yet. Yeah. That's what's crazy about her. I've watched her work matches where, uh, looking at what she's doing here, she has barely even dipped her toe into the well of what she can do.
2: Yeah. So, and she pulled out the win with an Asse moonsault. So I'm really yep. excited uh, to see her in the next round. It's
1: interesting that they're making that her finishing move for, for now. You know what I mean? I, Do you I'm, not like it? I, it's not that I don't like it. I just think that f- for a finishing move, it's... It, well, it's kind of like uh, like Lita's finishing move in the sense that it's, it's, I, uh, it's dangerous. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again... It could work out well. I didn't like Finn Balor's coup de grace at the beginning either, and now I love it. So, yeah. I, I, don't listen to me right now. I'm, Danger's the name
2: <laughs> of the game, folks. I guess. That's wrestling. So, next we went on and we had uh, Diana Perrazzo versus Zaya Lee.
1: Yes. This, this was fantastic.
2: Yeah. I loved this match. Yes. This was a great one. Uh, I got to give props to Zaya Lee, though, because when she was entering, her music cut out. Right. And she just went with it. She still went through her routine. She got the crowd up. She got great energy. I love her charisma.
1: I wonder if that was intentional or not. Her her uh, music cutting out. It seemed
2: like a fluke to me.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. I think Zaya has an incredible presence. Um, really nice pop to her moveset. Yes. You know what I mean? She looks very authentic with a lot of the kicks. in There, like you know, she obviously does kickboxing, and yeah. she's going in there throwing some serious kicks. Uh,
2: experienced and, in several martial arts forms and yeah. she is definitely a favorite of mine in this tournament.
1: I agree. She, she turned around so much from last year where, you know, she looked great, but then would start wrestling and and didn't really have a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, this year she's the complete opposite where her, her wrestling and her, it seems like her ability to follow the story is a lot better. They still had a little bit of miscommunication here. Like the rhythm was off a couple of times. I felt like, um, but so improved and, and I, I love her look and her and everything and of course Diana Parrazzo you know can't say enough good about her yeah uh, has upped her game so much in the last few years the virtuosa um, the virtuosa exactly the of the Fujiwara arm bar yes. yeah yes. Um, but yeah Zia Lee very strong unfortunately does lose to Diana Parrazzo which sets up Io Shirai versus Diana Parrazzo in the next round
2: yeah oh, that's gonna be a good one
1: that's gonna be I, I, I yeah I'm already saying that's gonna be the classic of the next round that's my guess uh, next up, we had Tegan Knox versus Nicole Matthews. Um, Top malfunctions galore in this well, one, folks. What was it about this? It seems like it's been a recurring theme that there seems to be some sort of wardrobe malfunctions going on. Like we had yeah. Mia Yim had pants. problems with her pants in the first round, and mm-hmm. then Nicole Matthews came real close to a nip slip a couple of oh, times tonight. Yeah. Like
2: I think it. Actually, did slip in the camera was just not
1: well. This is pre recorded, and I'm pretty sure they may have edited out uh, an areola or two. <laughs> I'm sure at one point in this match, at a couple points in this match, but at any rate,
2: ladies, make sure you practice in your wrestling outfits that before aside, you get on camera.
1: Well, that's the thing. Had they never wrestled in these outfits before?
2: Well, it seems to me that each lady has had a new outfit for every round that they've reached in the tournament for each new match. And I'm thinking that these outfits are probably just being made last minute, and they're not having a chance to practice in them fully. It just seems strange to guess. me
1: that some of these women who have been working for literally over a decade are having wardrobe issues. Oh,
2: I, I agree.
1: It's, it's bizarre to me. But...
2: Uh, they're everywhere.
1: Yeah, they're, some of them are, are everywhere. Uh, even Tegan was almost falling out a couple of times. This yeah. was, a, But this was a really hard-hitting match, too. These it women was. went mm-hmm. at it. And I, I was kind of cool on Tegan Knox. I've heard a lot of hype. I was cool on her in the first round. I, I take it all back. She's fantastic. She was great here. Um, really taking it to Nicole Matthews and taking it from Nicole Matthews, too feeding really well and just selling really well and hitting really well. Everything was, yeah. everything was fantastic with Tegan. She
2: used her knee brace on that shiny wizard. That's why the, the she shiniest, had the, the shiniest,
1: the shiniest. Yeah. Cause it's got a knee brace and yes. that's kind of like Roman's uh, vest. Mm-hmm. It's like, isn't that kind of illegal? <laughs> Wait, it, did
2: you see the metal piece on the side of that brace? Cause I did.
1: Yeah. I, there's a, okay, <laughs> we're letting it go. Uh, logic plot, whatever, forget it. Uh, Tegan does advance Does pick up the win Over Nicole Matthews With the shiniest wizard yeah. And that knee brace To the face And she will be going on To the next round To face Rhea Ripley Ooh. So that's going to be Talk about hard hitting Oh yeah, yeah. That's
2: going to be A brutal match That's going to be a brutal
1: match We'll see if anyone Walks away from that uh, Next up the, the big match The main event of the night Oh my gosh Mia Yim Versus Caitlin
2: Yeah this... Baller Speaking of brutal
1: <laughs> Great match Fantastic match! Really Absolutely. enjoyed this. Uh, I
2: didn't want either one of these ladies to lose.
1: Yeah, I felt the same way. Caitlin has improved so much; you can feel there's an eagerness to her. Mm-hmm. Like she's, I. Th- it's weird because I feel like she's almost between roles. Like she's supposed to be this hard hitting monster, but she at the same time she feels so earnest, and she yeah. feels like she's she yeah, really does. For her. Yeah, you you can tell that she's just happy to be there as well. And as much as these women, like Mia Yim, came across as more heelish and vicious in this match. Then Matthews did, and they were both working each other's injuries. Mia Yim was injuring, um, not Nicole Matthews, excuse me, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I misspoke. She was working over Caitlin's leg, and Caitlin was working over Mia Yim's hand, which yeah. she slapped against the post in the first round and, and is, you know quote-unquote, injured. Um, so this was very much a match about who can be more vicious to the other one. But yet, even though they both were supposedly, supposed to be vicious, they both came across as people you wanted to root for
2: absolutely I you know I know Caitlin had a career uh previously in the WWE and uh she got future endeavored but I am so happy to see her back and she's just working with so much energy and spunk and she's gotten way better
1: yes agreed
2: and I hope that she continues her
1: spear by the way they need to be careful because her spear makes Charlotte's look bad she's legit I
2: really really hope that she sticks around and continues
1: I do, too. She does lose this. Mia Yim, Mia Yim does pick it up with a submission move. Uh, makes Nicole, makes uh, Caitlyn tap out, which I was mm-hmm. surprised by. Um, definitely puts Mia Yim over big. But, yeah, I really do hope to see more of Caitlyn. Mia Yim, we do know, got signed by NXT. I hope, I hope Caitlyn sticks around. Agreed. Because I think, I think it's, it's worthwhile. Absolutely. Uh, she's fantastic. So, yeah, so far, so good on the May Young Classic. Uh, everything has been Fantastic.
2: Let's head over and talk about some listener questions.
1: Yes. We got some great listener questions this week. Thank you very much to everyone who submitted. Uh, if you would like to submit your listener questions to the show to be read on air, uh, you just go head over to patreon.com forward slash BWO. It's a $5 tier. Just buy me a beer. Buy me and Nick a beer every month, and you can give your questions to every one of our shows each month and have them read right here on the air. So thank you to everyone who submitted this week.
2: Yeah, we've got a couple from Will James starting off. First, he says, do you anticipate the WWE continuing to build storyline as we have seen over the past year, given the 10-year Saudi Arabia contract and the higher number of international pay-per-views? And what will they do once these legends can't go anymore in the near future?
1: I mean, this is, this is so there's two questions here. There's, will they continue to build the storyline, like, looking at the Saudi Arabia contracts and the higher number? So, like, basically building towards paper, these international pay-per-views. Yeah. Um and I'm assuming he means that you know they're kind of glorified house shows where they don't really advance any plots on those nice. shows and if they do it's you know so far it's like the cruiserweight championship gets changed. Um I think that well uh, with the Saudi Arabia contract being a little bit in doubt right now with what's going on um that's that's one thing but looking at Australia and the fact that WWE is now looking for these big events overseas and taking these big contracts I think that it would be wise of them to start including those in storyline, like make them actually mean something and have things actually happen to those shows, build towards them as like they used to do with pay per views if they're going to do it. Uh, because otherwise, they are, like at some point, it's going to be a, a matter of diminishing returns. People who go see them in these other countries, obviously, they're still going to sell out, but they're also not going to be as excited about the matches because they're going to know that they're not going to see anything that's terribly surprising. Right. And also it's going to be, uh, you know, diminished dividends on the network because any of these foreign shows are not going to mean anything. I mean, they had uh, beast in the East a couple of years ago where uh, you had a couple of titles change hands. So that was actually, I think uh, a much bigger deal. And I think that it should be something where we don't know if the titles are going to change hands or not. Um, and they shouldn't continue to do it with, they're doing it right now.
2: And what about the second part of the question? What will they do once these legends can't go anymore? In the near future. In the
1: very near future. Well, that's the really, that's the other thing that's that's kind of dangerous is they ha- arguably have not built up the new generation of guys to the level that these previous generations at. Now, obviously, we're not going to know. Hindsight's 2020. Uh, will Seth Rollins be as over in 10 years as Randy Orton is now or as John Cena is now? Um, I can't see anyone being as over 20 years in the future as stone cold still is right. Or mankind Mick Foley still is, you know what I mean? There's not, I, I can't see that, but it's not to say that it isn't going to happen, but at some point, yeah, undertaker triple H will get phased out. The attitude era guys will no longer be able to go. We're coming very close to that point. Now we're attitude era. There's just not going to be anyone who can still go. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to move to the ruthless aggression era and everyone from there is going to start falling off. So, um, it, it, they're going to have to at some point invest in their future talent and build more international superstars and not just focus on may, trying to make one guy happen. Roman I agree. Reigns.
2: I think it's kind of like investing, like a current investor investing in fossil fuels instead of the green economy.
1: Okay, sure
2: you know what I mean, like yes. yes, those things have been the resources of the past, and they're still there, but you know we've, we've got new better things now. come this way, there' be limited better shelf
1: future. life yeah, there's a limited shelf life, and there seems to be more potential future i mean that's obviously that, that's a whole speculative thing that is a big controversial subject in this country right now, but uh, at least in America, but you know here in California you know, we've invested very much in green energy, and that does i, I see your I see your metaphor um. But it absolutely, it, it does seem to be a matter of forward thinking or not. And if mm-hmm. WWE can turn the ship and and be more, you know, looking down the road and saying, We're gonna need some new stuff in the future, we can't keep riding on oh hell yeah, three sixteen for that much longer. Right. So or, or John Cena, you know, can't see me. <laughs> so um uh, now, uh, Will James also asked, is this the last time that we will see these four guys from the old guard specifically? Only Triple H and maybe Kane look like they should come back in any manner sometime down the road. Do you think this is the last time we'll see these four guys?
2: I am not going to say it's the last time. Never say never. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think that's a smart thing to say. I, I I, actually agree. I disagree that only Triple H and Kane look like they should go back. I think that Shawn Michaels is going to surprise us once he gets going. Mm. I think. I think he's... He's never gonna look like old Shawn Michaels again. Right. But then again, neither Triple H gonna look like old Triple H. Kane's not gonna he's not old Kane, et cetera, et cetera. So um
2: Should Shawn Michaels change his name from the heartbreak kid to the heartbreak man, dad?
1: I think you should change it to the hip break kid, is what you should change it to.
2: Oh I'm just come saying. On. uh
1: moving on <laughs> moving on to the next question. All
2: right, all right. So we got a question from Roll Sheeran's. He says we can all agree Elias is a big talent. He has great wrestling skill, looks good, talks good, and certainly knows how to play a crowd. WWE wants him to be some kind of a heel, but to me he comes over more like a face wanting to pop out, especially looking at the way he re- reacts every time when the crowd pops with the walk with Elias thing. Why do you think it is that WWE doesn't have any real storylines for him? He has matches but never true feuds. He's there but just basically. If I were in charge, I would rocket strap this guy to the moon as one of the many faces.
1: As one of his main faces? Main yeah, faces, I, yes. I. Here's the thing. I actually am going to disagree. I don't. I think he is a big talent. I think he is an average wrestling skill. He, he's got a great look and he talks very well and, and he does know how to play the crowd. I'll agree with mm-hmm. that part. I don't think he's a main event talent. I don't think he is at all. I think that he is incredibly talented at what. He does. He has a very specific role to play. He has a very specific milieu that he works in, mm-hmm. and he's very, very good at that. Um, WWE has been described by Vince McMahon and by others as a buffet. When they put on a show, they want to have one match for these people, one match for these people. They're like you're, right. you're a bunch of little things, and each one you'll you'll like for different for reasons. Everybody, right? So Elias is just—he's the fondue platter, right? He's just—he's one particular thing. And he's but a stinky cheese. He is a stinky cheese. Uh, I, but here's the thing. He does that one thing really well, but I don't see his gimmick translating to a main event feud. Yeah, You know what I mean? It's not a main event. It's not a main event gimmick. Um, could they transition him to that? Yes, but then you'd lose some of the things that make him special right now. And you know what he does is, if you look at uh, uh, um, like a Miz, for example, when he does Miz TV, or like a Rowdy Roddy Piper with the Pipers Pit, or Brutus the Bar- Barber Beefcake, right, with the with the barber shop, um, that's kind of where Elias is. He does a little bit and he introduces something. He gets the crowd hyped up or pot or, or, or angry, and then and then that's his purpose, and then he's done. Yeah, right. Um, and, it literally just disappears. Right. And part of the reason, it's the same reason that Alexa bliss does the, uh, the two faced promos now where she starts off and you think that she's being genuine and then turns on you mm-hmm. is the same reason that, that Elias gets over with the crowd before burying them. It's just, it's that, Oh, we thought you were on our side. You son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just a psychological trick. Um, and in addition even if you know it's we we want to like him but then we want to hate him as well it's it's a, it's working both sides of the kayfabe in a sense if you want to think about it this way uh it does get him over it does keep him over we all love elias even though we're going to boo the crap out of him when he insults us while we're grinning right. right love to hate him love to hate him exactly it's this it's this new way of looking at uh performers with WWE and you see this across the board in interviews and uh with management talking about it with talent talking about it they're not saying uh we want to be heels that are booed faces that are cheered we just want a reaction yeah Uh, Charlotte actually said in an interview this week she said what's you know I'm a face that gets booed I'm getting a reaction If I'm not getting a reaction, I'm doing something wrong. They're invested in the story. Whichever way they're invested, we're telling a story and they're going to be invested in a certain way. Now, we could argue, you know, which is the right way and the wrong way to tell a story. We probably shouldn't be booing the hero. But in the case of Elias, I think he's he's the kind of guy who can play both sides. Both for the reasons that when he does turn on the crowd, it will elicit a bigger reaction. But also because... That's, he's getting a reaction. Yes. You know what I mean? Walk with Elias is huge right now. So why, would he, why wouldn't he use that? So that's my opinion. I mean, what do you think? Do you like Elias at all or does he drive you nuts?
2: Uh, he's one I love to hate. You know, I definitely wouldn't call him a face. Um, he's so much fun to get mad at. And I just love hating on how many headbands and scarves he's wearing in all the wrong places. <laughs> so like, would, you,
1: would you would you rocket strap him to the moon as a face as I would a main not. face?
2: No, I would not. Uh, I agree that he serves a, a specific purpose, uh-huh. but I would not want a full platter of Elias.
1: He's right. fine as a
2: side dish. Right.
1: That's kind of how I feel too. Like I don't I don't see him. Um, he would have to do a lot of work to get to the level of someone like a Seth Rollins or someone like that who I I think can can work a main event and get over with the crowd in that same kind of way.
2: Agreed. Well, we have another question from rule. He says, now that there's finally a Belgian superstar in WWE, I was wondering how you guys see the future of the Belgian waffler. Do you think he'll go for the universal or intercontinental championship first go waffler?
1: Um, that is an excellent question. Uh, the Waffler, I think, is a uh, a a very very talented wrestler, as we could tell by his uh, ten seconds.
2: Absolutely,
1: in the uh, World Cup match. <clears throat> rocket strap. Uh,
2: Send him to the moon. Oh, you're. <laughs> let's do it.
1: You're rocket strapping him, huh?
2: I mean, I, we need some competition to go with the pancakes, you know.
1: So what pancakes?
2: New Day's pancakes.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Yes. Oh, he could be the new Mister Bootyworth. Oh, right. Okay. I'm actually, you know what, uh, in, in response to, to Rule here, I'm actually going to respond to him on the show uh, the way I did on our Facebook discussion group where he, uh, he mentioned the Belgian waffler. And, I, and I'm going to quote myself when I say that uh, it is too bad that the Belgian waffler got battered by Baron Corbin this week. Um, I think his career has yet to flower. Oh my God. But with some work, he could be the creme of the crop and put on a real bell gem of a match. Wow, wow folks. Oaks. Um, got to hear that yeah you heard that i i'm not sorry
2: okay moving on moving on uh dominic jacques has a question now that they clearly established that roman reigns and ronda rousey are monsters that are unbeatable who do you think most is most likely to take their belt next
1: with roman i think there's lots of options i think that Braun Strowman could take it off of him. Drew McIntyre could take it off of him. Dean Ambrose could turn heel and take it off of him. Um, They could really piss people off and give it back to Brock. If they were really serious about having Brock be a two company champ. Oh, so much heat. So much heat. (laughs) (laughs) So much heat. So many angry people. I could feel it already. Um, So there's a lot of people I could see taking off of Roman. I don't think Roman is unbeatable by a long stretch. I think that there's a lot of ways they could take it off of him. Um, what about Rhonda Rhonda they've built as being a genuine terror yeah. um, and the only way I see her losing it is through some kind of shenanigans whether it's you know twin magic from the Bellas mm-hmm. which I could see I could absolutely see the Bellas taking off her of her with twin magic oh,
2: yeah, we know they're not against shenanigans
1: no exactly have one hide under the ring that kind of thing um, I, I if you look at the way that they've been booking Ruby the last couple of weeks she hasn't actually pinned Rhonda but she has been able to stand up to her in the ring. And so they could, in very short order, build someone to have, quote, Ronda's number. You know what I mean? Um, But the problem is they don't have a lot of women on Raw that they could build to have Ronda's number. I think there's a couple of women on SmackDown who they could transfer over. Asuka comes to mind, Mm, Becky, Charlotte. Any of those women could come over and tomorrow be put into a program with Ronda and believably beyond her level so it's just a matter of what they have on raw and what story they want to tell if they want to go past evolution with the bellas and ronda in which case i think they would put the title on nikki and have ronda chase which i think would be a smarter thing because of exactly the reason why dominic asked this question which is he had the belt on ronda it's real hard to get it off because it's hard to make it believable that she would lose the title
2: yeah obviously there's going to be shenanigans
1: I would think there would have to be. No one's gonna beat her clean, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's uh that's that. It's just a matter of I, I agree with him who it's gonna be. And right now all I'm seeing is is Bree Bella. Oh sorry, not Bree, excuse me. Nikki Bella. Bree ain't Bree ain't winning crap. What am I talking about? <laughs> Nikki.
2: Well, that's all of our listener questions. Let's head on over to the lightning round. Lightning
1: round. Let's run down the news really quickly. I gotta get through this quick. We've got uh let's see. Uh, NXT UK is officially debuting next Wednesday. Wednesdays are packed. Oh, my gosh. So much to watch Wednesdays. Uh, a new show, NXT UK, will be coming out uh, starting next week. It's a weekly serial. I believe it's an hour long, um, but we'll start seeing everything from the likes of Tony Storm and Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Ripley, I believe, is going to be on it. Mark Andrews. Yeah. And uh, Ginny, there's whole, the whole UK crew, uh, and they, which is about time they get over there because there's so much competition going on in the UK right now for wrestling airtime. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, they've been stop-start with it, so I think they're a little bit behind the curve right now, but I'm sure they'll pick it up pretty quick, uh, WWE. Uh, Cody has uh, hinted that he might be challenging Jay Lethal for his Ring of Honor Uh, Title his ring of honor heavyweight championship Can you imagine Cody having three titles at once I was
2: just about to say like how many He's gonna need another arm to carry These
1: belts seriously like Come on man how much do you need Cody Uh, That being said it'd be awesome if he Did
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be mad at it
1: I would not be mad at it Uh, So Kevin Owens as we mentioned is injured He is out of the mixed match challenge Which leaves Natalia without a partner Yeah does Nakamura Come back speculation Mm. speculation as to if nakamura is coming back with natalia i think that'd be a great choice because he has not been doing squat
2: yeah he needs something
1: he's not squat lately i mentioned earlier there was some restlessness in new japan this is from an article on uh, wrestling observer which of course you know take with a grain of salt this is people talking about feelings so you can't you you take it with a grain of salt feelings
2: are real man
1: well feelings are real but we don't know if these real feelings are are real uh i don't know the, uh, the report is is that since we've had the new regime of management under Harold May over at, uh, at New Japan that wrestlers have been disgruntled. They felt more like it's a factory kind of setting and they haven't really been appreciated as artistic talent as much. And so there's been... Uh, a bit more of grumblings over there. And uh, this is particularly noteworthy because we're coming up on contract season. Japan, mm-hmm. New Japan has a weird habit of having all the contracts come up around the same time at the yeah. beginning of the year after Wrestle Kingdom. So a lot of people who might not have been thinking about WWE before are reportedly starting to think about it now.
2: Uh-oh. So
1: that could, considering the role that New Japan has been on, that could be potentially a, a big deal and potentially devastating. Uh, it looks like they have cut ties with Don Callis as a color commentator, the English color commentator, um, which is a bummer, but it makes sense. Apparently nothing official has been said, but he has, he's not, hasn't been booked for any of the upcoming shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect it's partly because of all of his responsibilities with Impact. He's been yeah. busy doing that. Um, and either hasn't been available for shows. They wanted him on, uh, maybe some disgruntlement on both sides of the aisle there. So Don Callis, not going to be on new Japan anytime soon, probably going to be a combination of different announcers. All right. Um, this is a bit of a, a, a long story that I'm going to have to consolidate fairly quickly. Uh, Tammy sitch, also known as sunny, uh, the arguably the first diva of the WW the modern WW era. um, she is back in jail. No. Uh yeah, she was released from jail and then put right back in jail. She's had a bunch of issues over and over and over again. Um it would take me a while to summarize it. Basically, she she went to jail for, for she was she was she was convicted of DUI, allowed to uh serve a uh uh a sentence uh, doing community service and going to rehab. And she failed that within a couple of weeks oh, and then ended up going to jail for it um, and and ended up jumping bail in in, uh, in one state, which she ended up getting caught for later. So she's been in and out of jail for a couple of years I now. A mess. Yeah, so she, things are not good with Tammy Sitch. She keeps um, having issues, having issues. I, I'm actually going to make this a bigger story in the next couple of weeks as I find out more about this. Um, there's actually a whole article about tammy's situation going on uh by mike johnson from pwi i'm gonna post that actually in our facebook discussion group you can read the whole thing yourself because it's a long read and a lot to get into and it's if you liked sunny back in the day it's a very depressing read Mm. so uh hopefully she gets her shit sorted out asap um good luck tammy good good you're gonna need it Uh, Mustafa Ali Has been announced To be booked In Evolve shows We've had a lot of crossover With WWE and Evolve Recently Velveteen Dream And Adam Cole Having worked some dark shows With them Uh, So yeah A couple of dates From Mustafa Ali Including a home show In Chicago Um, so yeah, very cool, and he's got some international talent he'll be working with. So I like the fact that WWE is, is still working with Evolve and letting yeah. and lending some talent to them.
2: Sharing is caring.
1: Sharing well, sharing is caring. It's also best for business. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's a business angle to this as well. Always. Um, this is big news. Chelsea Green is officially going to NXT. What? That's a big deal. She's probably one of I think I think one of the biggest female talents out there in, in, in the world today ah. uh, with her work in uh, in Impact and TNA and now in Lucha Underground as well. Uh, her Hot Mess character is, is a big hit all over and she was just a, a really big part of All In as well. Mm-hmm. This um, is awesome. It is. I, I, I think the uh, the TMZ speculation is that, well, boyfriend Zack Ryder is there. It's about time mm-hmm. she went, but I think she's also ready because you know, she is- She's in, ready. She's so ready. If you don't believe me, Go watch the episode of Lucha Underground this week where she debuts as Reclusa. Uh She's in a match against Pentagon Dark Ah. It's the main event of the show, and that match is gnarly. You've, you know, not a lot of intergender matches get shown mm-hmm. on mainstream wrestling these days. Um, Lucha Underground being one of the notable exceptions, and frankly, they have the best ones that I've seen.
2: Right? They're um, legit.
1: They're legit as hell. And if you want to see Chelsea Green work her ass off, you know, we're talking about the May Young Classic this week and how good the women were there. Go look at what Chelsea Green can do with Pentagon, and and you'll see just fantastic talent so I'm very very uh, happy to see her coming to NXT I'm curious to see what she's going to do uh, I expect a lot of big things out of her uh, speaking of Lucha Underground one thing before we get out of here it's looking like thanks to stuff that went down this week on the show it's going to be Johnny Mundo versus Matanza at Ultima Lucha Cuatro at the end of the season loser dies uh, as, oh or as God. they call it on the show is sacrifice to the gods so we're either losing Johnny Mundo or Matanza ah going forward uh my my early money is on matanza i think the character's done yeah i think the char- i think yeah, i think and jeff cobb's moving on i think he doesn't want to yeah. be associated with the character anymore so and you know johnny that makes sense it just it just makes more sense i think the the character arc of matanza is over but uh that being said exciting stuff lucha underground still probably the most insane wrestling show on TV, and they're killing people every yeah, episode. You could say that. And things have gotten really dark over there too. Like everyone's a dark character now. Paul London is all dark and has killed everyone else in the Rabbit Tribe. Phoenix is now turned to the dark side because part of Katrina's soul has invested him. He's teaming up with Mil Muertes. It's all madness.
2: Anything can happen over there.
1: Anything can anything happen. Anything can, can any, happen. Literally, and has anything. Lucha Underground's awesome. Uh, that is it, Miss JB. Yeah.
0: That is it what for this week. A week.
1: Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us this week. Thank you, Judith Brooke, for joining us on the show this week. It was lovely to have you back. Thank
2: you for having me back. It was so much fun.
1: Yes, Judith Judith Brooke can be found in our Facebook discussion group. You do come in there from time to time. Uh, And uh, people can find you there. Where else can people find you?
2: You can find me across most social media as Judith Brooke. That's J-U-D-Y-T-H-B-R-O-O-K-E.
1: Awesome. And uh, you can find us here at Busted Wide Open at Busted Wide, uh, excuse me, at BWO Podcast on Twitter, uh, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash BWO, and on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you go there, hit subscribe, hit that notify button so that you can find out anytime we post a podcast, which is pretty much every week on Thursday. And we will be back next Thursday with another show. Uh, Nick will hopefully be back as you will be in a, probably in a hotel room somewhere <laughs> from a hotel room, parts unknown, uh, giving his opinions on what the, on the haps in the week of wrestling, it'll be SmackDown 1000. We'll be talking about the, whatever happens next with the dogs of war and the shield NXT two Oh five live new Japan ring of honor. Anything else we can get our filthy, Fist. filthy little paws on. Ugh. So yeah, exciting stuff. Thank you everyone. Again, thank you for the listeners that gave us your questions, and we look forward to getting more of those from all of you guys.
2: Well, I'm Judith Brooke.
1: And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And by God,
2: would somebody stop the damn match?
0: This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.